Are you okay if I just sing the song real quick? Yeah, wait. Okay. Loud. I sing generally pretty loud. Sing loud again. Okay, here we go. Dream on, dream on. Even when you're afraid, all your dreams may be gone. Dream on, dream on. When the world says you're crazy, just tell them they're wrong. Dream on. All right, all right, all right. Michael Gebman here, the mind mechanic, tuning up your heart, your mind, one at a time so that your ideas do not die in your heart, your head, or your hard drive. Buckle up. You're getting tuned in, tapped in, turned on, baby. I'm ready to rock and roll. This is not an audio from an extrovert about extroverts for extroverts. This is an audio for the misunderstood. This is an audio for the misfits. This is an audio for the underdogs. This is an audio for the outliers. This is an audio for you. And I am super excited to go on a ride with you that you've never had before. So buckle up, get ready, because you are in for a treat. If you've not heard me before and this is your first time listening, stick around. I can assure you it will be like nothing that you have ever heard before. So as I said, my name is Michael Gebbin, and I have another audiobook that I recorded in 2016 called Massive Imperfect Action. And I'm not going to go deep into my background um, on this particular one. We're going to get into some meat and potatoes real quick here. So you can go check that one out for a full-blown background of my life uh, to help you see how you can be perfectly imperfect and take imperfect action to go towards your dreams, your goals, and your aspirations. And it doesn't matter, again, whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, an ambivert, or any other kind of vert. It all started this morning, me deciding to record this audio. And I woke up about three o'clock in the morning. And I decided to look up something. It just hit me. I've, I've been obsessed about personality, behavior for a long time. And I'm really good friends with an amazing, incredible behavioral profiler named Steve Sisler. And I decided to type in on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and I guess that covers the bases. Extrovert and introvert. And I just want to read you a few stats. And before I do that, I want to make sure I acknowledge my man, Ben Rector. Ben Rector was the audio that you heard at the very beginning. Dream on. A day early, his brand new album came in to me on a record. It's a, it's a blue record, and it's titled The Joy of Music. And the goal with this, by the time you get to the end, is that the joy comes back into your life. That your life is lit on fire in a great way. In a way where not only is your soul lit on fire, re-inspired, re-encouraged, for you to go after your dreams, but that you can do the same for others. And so just like 
the title says, I should have started it with, let's get loud, let's get loud. Oh my gosh, we'll stop that right there. We'll get to why it's titled loud here in a second, but I believe that you will finally feel like you have the permission to be yourself. So extroverts and introverts. Introvert, Instagram, hashtag, 2.4 million posts from hashtag introvert. Hashtag extrovert, 247,000 posts. Hashtag extrovert problems, 27.7,000 posts. Hashtag introvert problems, 553,000 posts. So fascinating. Some of the top 10, when you just type in introvert, introvert, you click accounts on Instagram. You get Insta uh, introvert struggles, the outgoing introvert, introvert quirks, introvert.fc, the funny introvert, introvert memes, introvert deer. 191,000 followers, 379,000 followers, 591,000 followers, 2.7 million followers, 228,000 followers, 196,000 followers on Introvert Deer. Now, let's contrast that with a few, (laughs) excuse me, let's uh, contrast that with a few of the extrovert accounts. 2,200, 5,200, what else we got here? 1,900, 777, 5,297, 2,200. That's the top 10 accounts on extrovert on Instagram. Let's take a look over on the hashtags on TikTok. Introvert, 2.1 billion with a B. Views for hashtag introvert. Hashtag extrovert. There's still a lot. But I don't know if you looked into how many a billion is. We got extrovert hashtag 334 million views. Now I go over to YouTube. Let's pull open YouTube for a second. Type in introvert and extrovert. When you type in introvert, starting conversations is the first video that pops up with 38 million views. Introvert be like from Nico from TikTok, it looks like, but it's on it's on YouTube. 29 million views. So 38 million views and 29 million views. These are the top. I went and searched it, introvert, brought up videos, and I did the search results to tweak it to the most viewed. So 38 million and 29 million. Then I did the same for extrovert. This is where it really set me off. Type in extrovert. Have the most viewed. We've got 13 million and we've got 9 million. But the most fascinating thing. Oh, my God. Sorry about that. God dang, God dang. I didn't see this part till literally right now. Now, I knew the first part, but I didn't look at the second part, which is going to tie to the rest of the parts. Just hang with me. The video that's the top viewed for extroverts, 13 million is titled The Power of Introverts by Susan Cain. <laughs> there is no coincidences, my friend. So my good friend, Steve Sisler, at like 4.30, 5 o'clock this morning, I said, you up? And I'm like flipping out. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, 
the, the introverts dominate social media. And now there's a lot I'm going to bring in here that, that's going to really shine a light on a number of things because uh, hang, hang in here. You will not, you will not regret listening to this. I can promise you that. So Steve says a few things to me and then he sends me, which if you go look at the cover, there's a, there, I think it's Austin Cleon. I think that might be his name. Great artist, Steel. Yeah. Well, if you take a look at my cover for Loud and how it's laid out, and then you look at the power of extroverts in a world that wants you to stop talking. My good friend Steve Sisler sent me over a book. Now, this isn't the first time he sent me over this book. And this book is titled Quiet. The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And the crazy part, because yes, the power of introverts is similar to the YouTube video I just titled. But this book, Quiet, is written by Susan Cain, who happens to be the most viewed video under the word extrovert for the power of introverts by Susan Cain, a TED Talk with 13 million views. <laughs> I did not. I did not know that when I, uh, when I was going to do this. Um, and it just shot me off like a bottle rocket today. Because the power of extroverts in a world that wants you to stop talking. The world wants you to stop talking. You, whoever you are, introvert, extrovert, ambivert, any other kind of bird, 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 bird whatever bird. It started with school. I've done a lot of speaking in my life, and I've spoken to people of all ages from what I think is, is kids who are, uh, you know, probably fourth or fifth grade up to adults in their 70s or 80s. And I can tell you when I speak to kids in fourth, fifth grade, I don't know what age that is. That might be, I don't know, eight, eight to 10 years old, um, that they will still raise their hand. They still want to be artists, musicians, rock stars, entertainers, athletes. There's an enthusiasm. There's a belief. There's a hope. There's an excitement. They haven't quite had the, the, the going from, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, you can do that too. Uh, come on. You got to do something more. What? Realistic. How many of you have heard that? That you've got to do something more realistic. The fact that you're listening to this on some device that's not connected to a wire, where it's floating through space and time, wireless on an iPhone, an Android, or something else, or a computer, a Mac, a PC, an Acer, I don't know. Zoom, FaceTime, the technology that we have today was unrealistic. It wasn't possible. It was far-fetched. It was a be realistic. That'll never happen. It was science fiction. And so I sit here and I think in school, in fourth or fifth grade, they're still excited. But by high school, it's difficult to get people to even raise their hand. Because if you raise your hand when you're not supposed to, you get in trouble. When you're writing a paper, you get red marks all over it for what you did 
wrong. You're told how you're wrong over and over again. But see, a baby, a baby, when it's learning to, to walk, we don't give up. As my man, I got to give him credit, Alex Ramosi said. We don't just look and go, but he's just going to be a crawler. She's just going to be a crawler. It just doesn't happen. We don't give up on that child. We keep angsting them on. You can do it. I mean, I didn't think I'd get emotional right out of the gate here. But think about that. But when did your mom, when did your dad stop telling you to dream on? That you can do it. That you could do anything. Now, some of you potentially were blessed enough with parents. And I have to say, in the big picture of things, I absolutely was. With parents who encouraged me supported me to go for my dreams. And one of the reasons that I do what I do today is because my grandpa didn't go for his. See, I used to walk with my grandpa when he was in good shape at the mall Monday through Friday. And one day I asked him, what is one of your biggest regrets? Something you did that you regretted doing. And then what is something that you regret not doing? Instantaneously, he had an answer for the thing that he, and you hear this all the time, right? And there's these, these lists of the regrets of the dying. But instantaneously, he had what he regretted not doing. And for him, the story that he told for year after year, time after time, Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving, was that his novels never got published. Because he had one agent, one publisher that said, if you would have written these novels 50 years ago, they'd have been bestsellers. Unfortunately, my grandpa will likely take that to the grave. But guess what? What did he regret doing in his life that he could remember explicitly when he was 33 years old? Now, he was in his 80s at this time. That he could explicitly remember and go, on October 5th of 1977, I did this thing and I said this thing and I really wish I'd never done it. No, he couldn't come up with anything. He instantly had what he regretted not doing. But he had to sit and think about something that he did. I said, stop, there's no reason. If you have to think that hard about something that you did, then you likely don't have a big regret about it. And I've even said with all the things that have happened in my life, when you go back and you hear people and they ask the question, what would you do? What would you tell your younger self? And the reality is for me, I wouldn't change anything because if I changed anything, it would change everything. And I would not be the person that I am today. Call that Pollyanna, call it optimistic, but it works for me. Try it on for size. It's my firm belief that we get to create our life. You get to create your life your way. Your way to learn. Your way to earn. Your way to create anything and everything that you want to bring into this world. What you think about, you bring about. What thoughts do you have? Because part of this that you're going to listen here today is to shift your thoughts, shift your perspective, shift the way that you are being in this world.
Because whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, everyone and anyone in between on a lot of levels has been told to stop talking. Don't speak out of line. Don't dream big. Don't do that. That's not possible. And it is my goal with you listening to me right now to share stories, to share examples, and to speak in such a way that I am speaking into your soul. That wherever you're at right now, wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing while you're listening, that as I started this, Michael Gebbin, the mind mechanic, tuning up hearts and minds one at a time so your ideas do not do what? Die in your heart, your head, or your hard drive. There is so much talent. You likely have so much talent that is untapped. It hasn't been tuned up and turned on. And you can succeed, whether introverted or extroverted. Ben Rector, introvert. Lots of self-proclaimed introverts that we consume, me and you, consume every day. And the thing about the posts on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, a lot of what you're be, a lot of the people that you're being entertained by every day that you're being educated by are introverts. See, I read some of the, I didn't even, I'm so fired up today. I just had to get into it. And this way of recording, when I recorded, the Massive Imperfect Action audiobook. I've got some. I've got two things here. Choose Yourself and Reinvent Yourself by James Altucher. And I will bring that up here shortly. When I recorded that, one of the biggest things that resonated was what I call a my way decision. Everybody's got an opinion. The right way, this is the wrong way. You're right, I'm right. You're wrong, I'm wrong. And when I read on Amazon about this book, Quiet, I just want to read you a little bit, right? I just want to read you a little bit because it makes it sound like that introverts are these second-rate human beings, right? Susan Cain argues that we dramatically undervalue introverts and show how much we lose and shows how much we lose in doing so. So charts the rise of the extrovert ideal through the, throughout the 20th century and explores how deeply it has come to permeate our culture. She also in, introduces us to successful introverts from witty, high-octane public speakers who recharge in solitude after their talks to record-breaking salesmen who quietly taps into the power of questions, passionately argued, impeccably researched. Ah, it goes on there. But I sit here and I think to myself, when was this written? Let me just see if I can find that for you all real quick. 2013. I mean, there's 16,000 reviews on this sucker. And you won't find this in written form, what you're listening to me right now, because I'm not making the same mistake twice. And I don't want you to make the same mistake two, three, four, or 18 more times. Because when this was written in 2013, I can promise you that social media and the people succeeding with it wasn't what it is today. It was not in 2013 what it is today. See, I started a video production company before YouTube, really, or Facebook, or definitely Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and all these other things existed. Started in high school in 2004, really got going in 2006. 
but I was still running uh, ads in the yellow pages and had billboards up. Going to networking meetings. See, in 2013, which likely means it was written in 2011 to 2012, by the time it went through edits and revisions and then finally got published. Because I do believe that by and large, the average people that you're consuming on a regular basis through Facebook, through Instagram, through YouTube, are primarily introverts in nature. And they are inspiring you, encouraging you, and motivating you every single day. But here's the interesting thing as well for all you more extroverted people. And then there's the in-betweeners, right? The in-betweeners are what I would call hybrids, high blends of both. And they truly can operate on both ends of the spectrum. Where do you identify? You know, I like the analogies with cars. Um, and you think of there's gas-powered cars, electric cars, and there's hybrids. Us as human beings are all, every single one of us are hybrids. We all can operate where we can talk to people. Now, some people, some of you, there's extroverts who have a hard time talking to people, right? This isn't a hard and fast rule that when you look into who are extroverts and introverts, that they're all going to be created equal. That's not true. They're not all created equal. We are not all created equal. But the thing I can tell you is that when you start to dig in and you start to see the differences, you start to realize that if you don't understand and have self-awareness about how you're wired and you're scrolling on the internet and you're especially wanting to be a helper, a healer, a coach, you know, a, a, a speaker, a, a somebody in, in service to, to, to serving and helping somebody else. The thing that's happening right now is when you're scrolling through that feed and you're running into ads, what I'm finding because of the world that I ran around in, i.e. filming for thought leaders and speakers and course creators and mastermind creators through the years. And I am not doing what I'm doing because those people inspired me to do it. And I say those people, just people who do those things. I'm doing versions of those things as well. But that's not what called me to do this. Whether you believe in God, universe, or source, or anything else, I am not here to judge you. I'm here to see you as you are, a human being who deserves to be loved and respected. But here's what I do know. In observing the people in that world, see, I had all this success in video and I didn't know what I was doing and I was following my gut and my heart and my intuition and I had some people that I saw doing certain things, but I had a lot of momentum just kind of going with the flow, being naive, not knowing what I was doing, what was right, what was wrong, what I should or shouldn't do. And it wasn't until I started to have people tell me what I should and shouldn't do. And certain things that I love to do, people told me I couldn't do or shouldn't do. That's not the right way to do it. And that's when I made what I call a my way decision. See, I was so overwhelmed in my business in 2010, 2011, because I was offering and doing all these other things that other people told me to do. Because what you'll find is we don't see others as they are. We see them as we are. And so we are typically unaware people that you interact with are projecting their limits, their limiting beliefs, their, their beliefs in general onto you. So if you happen to talk to somebody who is like you or happens to be a super encouraging person, then you might just be able to tell your dream to them and they'll encourage you. They'll go, you can do that. 
But for the vast majority of the population, how many times have you told somebody something, maybe even your significant other, your mom, your dad, your best friend, and you told them that your idea, you had this idea, it lit you up, you were so excited about it. And then you go in with that excitement and you are going in there and you're like, hey, I, I got this thing. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Da, 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 da. Here's what it is. Here's how it'll go. Here's how it can happen. Here's all the people it can affect. Here's the money it can make. And what do you hear? You know, I guarantee there's a large portion of people listening to this. Shoulders drop. You lose all the steam. Because they go, know about that yeah I don't, you really want to do that don't get your hopes up and don't get too excited don't set your expectations too high i don't want you to get let down i don't want you to get disappointed or here's what i would do if i were you when you hear that phrase what happens is, is you're having somebody whom isn't like you doesn't get you doesn't understand you is not listening to you in a way for you to be understood but simply for them to hear oh i wouldn't do that i don't like that i wouldn't want to do that and then they're going to tell you what they do if they were you, but they're not you. They're not wired like you. And so likely in those scenarios, the advice you're given is not bad advice, but it's likely not going to work for you. It's no different than you're a fish and you're up with, you know, you've got the, the monkeys up there and they're telling you this is what you should do and this is how you should do it. Because see, if you do not fall into the category, and I really want you to think deeply, if you think we are all hybrids, yes, but if you think you're a high blend of both, I want you to really think about that. Because yes, 100 bazillion percent, I love my alone time. But if you ask me the question, what would I rather do on a regular basis with my like professional work time? And I'll ask you that. What gives you energy? We all get to make choices each and every single day. So this isn't a, you have to do what I'm about to say. If you were going to work eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, and then outside of Monday through Friday, outside of those eight hours, you could do whatever you want. You could be alone. You could be with people. You don't have to be with people. It doesn't matter. But those eight hours that you're working, would you rather, if you had a choice and you had to pick being on your computer and interact now, when you interact on the computer, you cannot have any auditory or any visual, but you can text. You can type. You can interact that way. You can do anything you want on your computer. You just can't have auditory or visual in the sense of, of being able to like kick up FaceTime and talk to somebody and hear them and see them. But you can type to them. And you can do anything else. You can write. You can type. You can draw. You can design. You make websites, you can edit video, whatever you want to do on that computer, besides having an auditory interaction or visual interaction with somebody, you can do. If you had to make a choice between that or being on the phone, driving somewhere, being on Zoom, you know, any form of auditory and visual, whether it's virtual or in person, connection, interaction, and talking, which would you choose? You see, for me, it's very easy. It's very, 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 it's very easy. It's people all day, every day. Like 100%. 100,000%. 
Now, again, I love my alone time. I love going on bike rides and going on walks where I just kind of talk to myself or listen to something or get educated or get entertained, listen to music. Like, I love that. But if, 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 if I was given that choice, you have to choose between, you know, again, because you can interact with people on the computer option. It's not zero, like, contact at all with people. But it's just simply you're going to be what I would call creating in isolation or creating in connection. I just thrive when I create most of the time. See, there's exceptions to the rule. I always say there's always an asterisk. There's not this, there's always the fine print. So like right now, I'm doing and creating and being in isolation. I am creating this in isolation, but I, in my intent and my heart and my soul and my connection, my vibration, whatever you want to say, my energy is connected. I believe that in every way, shape and form. I am connected to you right now as you are listening to this. And some of you might turn that off right now. I don't know where he's coming from. And some of you might go, I'm getting into that. And some of you go, I got you. I get you, man. I get you. That, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're connected. Right. A few years ago, I've been like the guy would be like, oh my gosh, what is this person talking about? Right. But so for me, that's an easy answer. Is it an easy answer for you? I guarantee, depending on who you are, it is. And then some of you are going to sit right there and I don't know. I mean, eh, maybe. I mean, it's really hard for me to make a choice. And that when it's really, really, really difficult for you to make that choice, you likely lean more into the hybrid. And let me describe the hybrid for a second. Right. The true hybrid, not the you're trying to be the fish in the tree and then you're going to die. Like I, 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 I've been creating some reels and different things and experimenting. I, I, I see myself as a scientist, a guinea pig. Like I like to tr- test trial, experiment, uh, et cetera. And then I'm sitting here and you're going to get it. I mean, some of you, I just did to my wife earlier. I'm like, you know, I'm creating these things. I created this one. And when I did it, I'm like, this isn't me. What, what God's green earth am I doing right now? Like it, and some of you, I'm like, and, and when you watch some of them, it's like the silent one with things that pop up on the screen. If you can see me right now, like, it's just that, like, there's, there's maybe music. The person's standing there. They're not talking and they're like pointing and it point to these different things. These things pop up and like, that's the video. And it's like 25 seconds long. Like. I, I, I just, I, I can do it. It's not an incompetency problem, right? It's not, it's not an issue where I am incapable and incompetent to do that, but I'm not going to do that consistently. I'm not going to show up and do that over and over and over again to have the success, you know, that you could have when you're consistently doing something on these social media platforms. And so the true hybrids where you're like, yeah, you know what? I could be with people for five straight days, interact with them all day, be charged up, excited. And then I could go in front of my computer for the next week and not interact with a soul and be there eight hours a day. And I'd be fired up. I'd be equally as excited and energized. And there's a part of the populace. And I'd love, I, I hope you send me a message. I'll throw my email. God knows what'll happen. <laughs> this is seen by 50 people or listened by 50 people or 50,000. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be preemptive here with like, you know, the number one most talked about audiobook. So go tell your friends, share this with a friend, you know, they need to hear it. But this aspect is <laughs> throw myself off there. Um, but this aspect that you could do that, right? If you sit right dead in the middle and you can do both and you're energized by both. But see, for me, I start doing too much of something that's very detail, structure, spreadsheets, organization, step-by-step frameworks, formulas, 
put this in this order, you know, and just get on the computer. And, and, and again, the, the person who I described the like create an isolation where maybe, yes, you can text people, but like 99.9% of my interactions are auditory. If I interact with somebody, I mean, I have something I do called coach in your pocket and I interact via audio. I have people in tears via audio. And so uh, I don't know if I said that a second ago. This is a squirrel moment for a second, but Michael at themindmechanic.net. That's my email. Michael at themindmechanic.net. Um, but so this aspect that if I spend too much time in, 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 in that area, I get de-energized. Like I, I want to jump off a cliff, like not literally, but I feel like that. Like, I'm just like, ugh, right? Ugh. What makes you go, ugh? Right? There's something to that, but there's going to be people that'll say, suck it up, buttercup. There's going to be the people who aren't like you, don't understand you, don't see you for who you are. Because see, there's those, those who like, they get it, right? You've got people in your life, maybe, maybe not. There's going to be people who get you. And the ones who get you, they get you because they on some level have experienced you have mutual stories and shared experiences. Even if you didn't do it together, there is something that you, when you talk to them, they've been through that. And somebody who hasn't won't get it. Somebody who's been employed for their entire life and you're self-employed for your entire life, you're, you're going to have some things that you, you're not going to be able to see eye to eye. Like they can try because that's the thing. Some who haven't experienced what you've experienced They'll try to understand. Those are great people to have in your life. Those who either you have these shared experiences, shared understandings, you've done similar things, you're in similar you know, situations, circumstances, et cetera. And then the people who do genuinely seek to attempt to understand. And then there's a whole category that just, they won't. Through everything we've been experiencing in this world right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't one of these people, but plenty of people. I mean, I stand on different sides and I'm not here to get into that right now, but like I still have high levels of compassion for everybody. And I have to check myself. I'm quick to judge sometimes. I'm not going to lie because that's how I grew up. That was my whole life. But I do my best each and every single day to stop that, catch it in the act, and then have compassion and, and understanding that when somebody does something bad, it's not that that is acceptable. But if you do go back in time, the probability is high that that person did have a horrible childhood. Now there's people who had the most amazing childhood on earth and they still do quote unquote bad things. But more times than not, the people that you look at and say are doing bad things or you don't like, if you look back, they had bad things happen to them. And yes, we all get to make choices. And there's plenty of examples out there. But think how many times when you've tried to change the people around you, try to keep you where they are rather than come with you. That's why people are so afraid of change. But the one constant in our world is change and death. So where do you sit? Do you sit in that middle or do you sit to either side? When you heard that, did you instantly go, yep, people? Did you go, nope? I'd rather be in front of the computer. See, my wife, she loves to create an isolation. Outside of me, her cousins, her mom, my parents, 
I love her to death. This is there's zero. There's no judgment in this. But those are the main people that she has any conversations and interactions with. Now, she has some other friends that primarily all their interaction is via text and messenger. They exchange gifts. It's incredible because a person like me is like, I can't imagine having a person. The only interaction I have is all text message. Like, it's not that I don't text. It's that 99% of the time I'm going to pick up the phone and call you or I'm going to send you a voice note. And some people are like, oh God, one of you people, right? I got to listen to that thing. Can't you just type it out? but that's because of who I am and how I'm wired. And I can fight that till I'm blue in the face. So here's the thing, when you're scrolling through your feed and you're getting those ads to do certain things and grow certain types of businesses, there's a lot left out. And I've worked for some of these companies. And what I find is there's zero usually brought into the conversation, the selling, the marketing that has people understand who this is likely best for. Because there's a lot on the internet right now that works doggone well. And obviously, I mean, just by those stats alone, the introvert is the one on the internet interacting the most. I mean, the stats don't lie. It doesn't mean the extroverts aren't on there. It doesn't mean that they're not doing anything because they most definitely are. But if you're like me, what started to happen when I wanted to, and again, I felt called, I felt pulled to do the work I'm doing today. I don't feel that I chose it. I feel that it chose me. So what's fascinating when I think about that is that I didn't get into this because I was sold on a webinar or a course or a program or a book or anything else. I followed my curiosity and my curiosity led me through a whole career in video production where I got to work with Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins. I've been to Sir Richard Branson's Private Island, Marie Forleo, Pat Flynn, Derek Halpern, Michael Port, and the whole slew of other people in the personal development speaker and inspiration space. And, um, you know, and I shot over 300 weddings. I did something called a same day edit. They shoot that day, show the video that night which is what opened up a lot of my doors. It's part of my, my, my way decision, which I can, I'm not going to mention right now. A lot of that's in that other audio book, but I don't want to be too much overlap. I know you haven't listened to that, but the context for certain situations here doesn't matter. Um, and so I never wanted to do, you know, you hear the follow your passion, right? And that's because I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I like. I can tell you right now, What I'm doing that you're hearing right now, if you start following me, you check me out somewhere on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, type in Michael Gebbin, like, can you find me? What I am doing today was not on my radar. It was not a desire. It was not on a dream board, a vision board, or any other kind of board. In fact, I was not bored, but I was scared to death. In school, I would do everything I could to not have to read the paper. You know, a project, you got to get in front of the room, read your report or whatnot. I do whatever I could. And usually I laughed uncontrollably and people thought I was crazy. Like, what's wrong with this guy? Because I didn't want to do that. I just, I felt, I was just so scared. I was so fearful. And I have a video that I'd love for you to check out as well on the mindmechanic.net on the about page. There's a video of me when you see me at 18 years old at like 24 and 28. And the first two times I say, I prefer to be behind the camera, not in front of it. 
But the more success I had in video, things popped up to speak. And I'll never forget it started. The, the spark was just a little bit. I think it was around 2007. And my math teacher from high school, her, her husband was a, a teacher at an entrepreneur class in uh, college. And it would have been seniors I would have been speaking to. I didn't go to college. And I would have uh, been maybe a freshman or sophomore. And I finally said yes. And I remember driving there, explicitly driving there and thinking, if I can just make it 15 minutes, that'll be good. 15 minutes. Can I do 15 minutes? So I get there. I, I think I had some videos I shared and, you know, the kids are slouching initially and then they're like sitting up and then they're asking questions. And finally, there's just this, it's like, okay, I'm done. And I kind of, the teacher's in the back and I said, all right, I'm done. We're good. I said, uh, you know, how long to go? And he's like, well, uh, class has been over about for 45 minutes. And so <laughs> that was the beginning of my long windedness. You can imagine why attempting to do a uh, Instagram or Facebook reel or a TikTok in 60 seconds is uh, quite the practice uh, to get to the point in, in 60 seconds or less. Um, and so that was a spark, but I still, I didn't know it was a career. It wasn't like, yes, this is what I got to do. Let me change my whole, my whole life around and, and do this. Uh, none of that. A number of other things happened. And in 2010, in October, uh, I had my first paid training day. I had a guy who saw my work and he said, uh, I would love, we're great friends. He was in my wedding. Uh, he's gone on to do incredible things. I'm working with him again now. He had one of his biggest years in business. In fact, he did $175,000 in February of 2022. That was the most he had made over, over 10 years prior to that. Every year, not every year, but the biggest he'd gotten over that time was that much in one year. One year. And he still had a job making $30,000 a year when he paid me $1,500 to spend two days together. I said, well, I don't know, man. I, I, this, I, I, he said, can you mentor me? Can you do this? Can I? I'm like, I don't know, man. You, you come to my studio and we can spend a couple of days together. And that's what we did. And that begun, like that was the beginning of the spark for me. Now, this is where a lot of this is going to tie in to you. I hope that you see. I mean, all of this is for you. I hope this has resonated. I hope you're still with me up until this point. Because this is where I got lost. Are you lost right now? Do you feel confused? Do you feel stuck? Do you feel misunderstood? Do you feel lost? Do you feel like you're, you know, wandering around? The interesting thing is there's Jeep. Some of you may have one. Some of you may have this cover. It says not all those who wander are lost. Not all those who wander are lost. I think of my man. I got my shirt on right now. Believe Ted Lasso. And I think of the quote from Walt Whitman, great scene in the, in, in the show. You've got to check it out. You can look it up. It's the dart scene. Be curious, not judgmental. 
be curious, not judgmental. And I would love to say that I've viewed myself through a lens of being non-judgmental, or viewed others, I should say, viewed the world. Didn't think I was a person judging people, but what I realized, I was judging real hardcore. And the judging others hardcore was, was causing me to judge myself hardcore, which is causing me to have a lot of fear and anxiety and stress and worry and frustration. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? And if you're ever into the disc, I mean, Mr. The Gift Whisperer, Steve Sisler, uh, I'm a high eye. All yellow, baby. All yellow. <laughs> All yellow for me. And so, you know, one of those things is the fear of being misunderstood, fear of being judged. Right. And so being mischaracterized. And so you can imagine that when I started to seek out people to learn from, to be mentored by, to be coached by, to make a living doing what I'm doing today. In the beginning, I didn't judge anything. I didn't know any better. And how many of you, you know, look up to people? You see people and you, you, you judge them. You judge the book by its cover. What are they saying online? How much money they made? How much launch, how big their launch was? How many books they've sold? You know, how many reviews they have? They're a New York Times bestseller, right? How many millions of dollars they say that they make? $100,000 a month. Here's how you can make $100,000 a month. Right? So I started to seek out people to do what I'm doing today. And this is where the lost happened. Getting lost happened. And boy, oh boy, I can tell you, wandering around did not feel good a lot of that time. I wasn't wandering around at that time. Now, there's times now where I look at everything as a lesson to be learned. I don't think there are coincidences. I don't think that when I saved these screenshots, recorded this video, or started to, excuse me, I saved those screenshots and then recorded this audio that I would see that when you typed in extrovert and it had 13 million views and it said the power of introverts, that it was by Susan Cain, which is where the book cover came from for mine, calling it loud. And saying that there are people like me who you don't see as much on the internet. Because if any of you know, say Gary Vaynerchuk, I just looked recently, he's got over 9 million at the recording of this, over 9 million followers on Instagram with over 7,000 posts, 7,000 posts. He's like me. But here's what I can tell you with probably a 99.9% certainty. Those 7,000 posts were made by introverts. The introverts are running the machine of this super extroverted connecting with people. He talks about, you know, uh, document don't create. We're always creating no matter what. But this idea that if you look at the majority of his content, he's in connection and he is always being documented. He's typically not in isolation going and doing what I was joking about earlier, where he's like, he's making a TikTok and pointing to things. He might do that. But he's not editing it, posting it, doing all the other things and blah, blah, blah that it takes to create stuff like that. He's jamming with somebody else in person like, hey, you should make this thing real quick. And then somebody points a camera at him. He points to different things. And then somebody else walks away and he goes and runs the rest of his life versus what I've done even recently in making this one that set me over the edge yesterday 
I've seen people, they, they hey, this is Johnny Jackson. Hey, George, how, or Johnny Jackson, how you doing? And like changing the voice and they're looking at each other and they're making this post that's the same person by themselves. And they try to act like they're two different people. I thought, oh, I'll try that out, you know, for fun. And I did, it took me a flipping hour to like, and I showed my wife and she goes, there's only three cuts. How'd it take you an hour? I'm like, well, it took me, whatever, 30 minutes to make the thing. And it's only 60 seconds. And it's so simple. And it's so basic. And it took me another half hour to post it. This one video. Even if that thing went viral and had millions of views. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I should try to do that again. I wouldn't want to do it. I'm not driven by the likes, the shares, the comments, the interactions via social media. It's all great. It's all wonderful. But the, the, the thing for me is that you got to have fun. I'll do my best to put this somewhere if it makes sense. Maybe it makes sense right now. Let's just, let's pull it up. I've got it. I want to play this audio from Ben Rector. I got to see him at a, at a, at a, 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 a album release screening. He made a music video for half of the songs. And there was a moment in time in the end where there was a Q&A and I got to ask him a question. Now, I used to use one of my award-winning same-day edits. It's called uh, uh, the Ninja Edit. And it was a song called White Dress. And I used a lot of Ben Rector music. Even the same day I added to my wedding video was with Ben Rector music. But here is what Ben Rector said to my question. Yeah. My man, I've been using your music when I used to film weddings. I filmed over 300 since 2009. And you've brought so many people so much joy. And uh, my question is, so many creatives, artists, special musicians give up on what brings them joy. Mm -hmm. And through the tough times when money probably wasn't pouring in and Oprah wasn't, you know, having you on the radio and different things. What what kept you going? What would you tell all the people in the room who may have given up on what brings them joy? Oh, man, I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. Um, You. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I just always hesitate to give like advice because like I can only. Say I know. Uh, I think the core of it is that I really do love it. Like I, you know, there's not something else that I want to do. Um, I think there probably has to be a part of it that you want to do for free. And I think I would write songs and like put together fun stuff like that for free. Um, so that's probably the core of it. And it's, I mean, I'm competitive, so like, it's like sharpening your skills. I like that a lot. I don't, I'm not good at sitting still. So if it was like, you just go sit on the beach now, I'd be like, ah, I can want still do this. So that's what I'd say probably. You got to really love it. There's a part of you, you got to be willing to do it for free. To open up the door with Tim Ferriss, I did a free video. To open up the door with Tony Robbins, I did a free video. I did a lot of free videos in my career. Here's the difference. If you're a creative, you're thinking about doing free work. Good free work and bad free work. Good free work. Me seeking out the people to do the free work for. See, Tim Ferriss's book had a huge impact on my life, the four-hour work week in 2010. And that's when I got to film for him. I looked at it as me giving back to him, not me, you know, taking from him. Him taking from me, it was all reciprocal. His book gave to me and I gave back to him. I thought I'd love to meet him. I'd love to say hello. He was having a launch party in New York City and I reached out to his assistant, Charlie. And I said, I'd love, I'm gonna be there no matter what. It's like a $10 ticket. I didn't know if I was gonna come, but I sent this email. I didn't think a lot about it. I didn't overthink it. I just sent it. Imperfect action. Inspired, imperfect, intentional action. I said, I'm going to be there no matter what. 
here's a video. And I had one other free video that I did for a company locally that also that next year turned into $80,000 plus worth of work with them where I filmed their Halloween party for all their clients. A buddy of mine asked me to come and I said, man, I'd rather just film. I'm not a party guy. Like, and there you go, like extrovert, right? I'm not a party guy. Like I love people. I love connecting, interacting. I could be at the grocery store and I'll start talking. My wife would never do that. I'm still, I've never been a party guy. I'm pretty private guy overall. But so I'm like, eh, you know, could I film? Ironically enough, maybe not so ironic. The people when he asked had known who I was from my Sandy edits from weddings. And so I sent that video I did for free that led to all that work for that company. to Charlie. I had tons of videos, but nothing really relevant, but I figured this party was going to be kind of what they were doing. So I sent that and he responded, said, it's going to be free, right? Tim says, it looks great. And I can tell you then I did another thing for Tim for free. And I can literally correlate 700,000 to a million dollars worth of revenue from 2011 in August, when I filmed this other free thing for Tim to one single individual. So like my grandpa, one person could quote unquote, I won't say his life was ruined. I don't want to be that extreme, but his dream died, not in a hard drive, but in his heart and his head, right? His books, his novels. So one person can crush your dream, can squash your dream. And my goal with this right now is to get you to believe in your dream again. Believe that it's possible, regardless of who you are and how you're wired. We'll talk about that more in here. Depending on an introvert, extrovert, ambivert, hybrid, high blend of both, what may be better things for you to think about so that you can thrive in a world where a lot are just surviving and they're surviving because we have no awareness of who we're learning from and when people are saying here's what i would do if i were you you're learning from people who aren't you and they're nothing like you and if you're if you're if you're taking advice from the monkeys and you're truly only a fish you're gonna struggle for your whole life i think that's an albert einstein right if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree you'll think it's stupid its whole life how many of you have felt stupid and ignorant. You've spent tens of thousands of dollars on books and courses and seminars and programs. And you still feel lost and confused and wandering around and not sure what to do and stuck. Your car's in park in the garage when it needs to be cruising down the road. So I went and filmed that for Tim. Let me, let me reverse back. Doing pretty good here. No editing. Imperfect action, baby. Imperfect action. I want to remind you, if you're finding value in this, think about how it is consumed right now. I was up at three o'clock in the morning today. It's 3.52 p.m. Central Standard Time at the recording of this on a Thursday, March 10th. I literally had the idea for this Today, the book cover you're seeing was created this morning before I recorded this. I can promise you with every bone in my body, there would never be anything out if I tried to be perfect. 
if I tried to think, in fact, I did something that I did release, I did a part one and I was going to do a part two and I had all these notes and I had these bullet points and all these things. I recorded part one. I sent it to some people and that's been the end of it. And that was probably nine months ago. I thought way too much about it. Way too much about it. What are you thinking way too much about right now? So again, if you're getting value out of this, if you're enjoying this, if you're still listening to this right now, remind yourself how perfectly imperfect this has been recorded right now. Now, granted, this isn't my first rodeo, just be honest, of recording something. But I've had tens of thousands of hours of practice taking imperfect action, right? taking inspired action, taking intentional action, trying out random things. But I'll get more into why this works for me. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you. But see, if you're like me, if you're just all extrovert, not the, you know, the hybrid or the introvert, like it potentially can work for you really well too. Not all, it could work for the introvert, could work for the hybrid, right? But some of you are going to feel better if you type it out, if you write it, if you read it from a script, if you have a teleprompter, there is no right or wrong way. The only right way is to do it. Don't let it die. You get to create your way. You get to do it your way. That's what allows people to get things into the world. You don't have to speak like me with the energy that I have or anything else. We live in a world where you can be you. You can say, no, I can't because people are going to do this and the other thing. They're going to do this, that, and the other thing anyway. This is not religious, but I have this and I love this quote. People are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyway. If you find happiness, people may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today may be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have and it may never be enough. Give your best anyway. For you see in the end, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. You being judged if you work too hard. You being judged if you don't work enough. You being judged if you work in the middle. You being judged no matter what. The peace. And the serenity that I feel right now in my life, I've never had before. Because I do my best to, one, also practice what I preach. But I've done a lot of work to get here. A lot of work. And to be able to be me. Like, like to be me, so freeing. And I've done things like this where people have heard things like this. And just like the title says, the little quote that I made, I finally feel like I have the permission to be myself. Said everyone after listening to this audiobook, I should have put in air quotes because I'm sure there's somebody who, who's like, oh my God, this guy, blah, 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 blah. It is what it is. It's going to happen. 
for every person that's going to complain, not like it. I talk too fast. I talk to this. I da 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 too loud. Somebody else who says, thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being you. Thank you for giving me permission to be me. So just like that story where Tim Ferriss, that one connection, that one person responding to me, me doing my thing there. And then this is all over a decade. This wasn't, I didn't make a million dollars within three weeks of, of making that decision. This was over from 2011 through 2020. But see, just like that one person sent me in motion down a path that, again, all that I've achieved in my life thus far, by and large, was not on a vision board. It's not my big dream, aspiration, goal. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what was possible. I didn't know what would happen. I, didn't, I, I wasn't saying this is going to happen this to a T in detail. But you can also have one person who's got you stopped dead in your tracks. But you do not have to keep carrying that backpack of your past. Just like any other backpack. Think of it right now. Visualize this big backpack and the big weight. And that every time something doesn't work out, you quote unquote mess up. Somebody says something mean and you throw it in that backpack of the past and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Like a normal backpack that you'd wore to school, you can take the backpack off. Why don't you go ahead right now and take that backpack off? Release the weight. Release the pressure. Take the weight off your shoulders. It's a choice. It's a choice. You can make it. Does that mean it'll be easy? Does that mean things won't continue to creep up? Blah, 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 blah. For sure. You make the choice again. Take the backpack off. Until you're not even putting that backpack on anymore. It's possible. I can promise you it is 100% possible. I'm going to give you a story about a backwards bike, though. There's a guy on YouTube. I think it's got 20 plus million views. And this guy made a backwards bike. You turn left, it goes right. You turn right. It goes left. Looks like a normal bike. Looks like a normal bike. His son was about six years old, been riding a bike for three years. Daily practice of this backwards bike. He's able to ride the bike in a few weeks. The dad was in his 40s. Daily practice with the bike. Took him about nine months to ride the bike. Now, you know. Just like for some of you who, who aren't, you know, PhDs and don't have a bunch of letters behind your name and you didn't go to college, you don't have a degree, you don't have a certification or you don't have the next five more certifications that you're thinking about getting, you haven't read enough books, you don't have enough information, you don't have enough knowledge. Look, you can make an impact on somebody's life. I used to say that doing what I'm doing right now is mouth vomiting. 
well, how much value did I put on what I was doing? If I'm saying, oh, I just mouth vomited all over somebody. That sounds really appealing, right? Somebody just told me in an email they sent me the other day that they gave me verbal diarrhea. What kind of visual is that, right? But so this aspect that it's going to take practice. It's going to take practice. See, it's not an intellectual problem. And when I said I don't have all these degrees, is there ways that you can, you could shortcut that? I don't know. I'm sure there is. But see, I'm not coming at this as being a scientist who's actually, you know, been paid by a university to just study things all day, every day. And not necessarily and, and be putting actual, you know, trials, in these weird containers together. This is real life we're talking about. When I used to shoot weddings, I'd go in with an expectation that XYZ ABC was going to happen because the couple told me that three months earlier and gave me a timeline. And I was grossly disappointed over and over again because my expectations were XYZ was going to happen at XYZ ABC time. And when it didn't, I was disappointed. Because life is unpredictable. Life is uncertain. All I get that gives me relief out of that story is that it doesn't get any simpler than that, where somebody could be told, this is a backwards bike. You know how to ride a regular bike? Well, once you're riding this, it rides just like a regular bike. The only problem is your brain, from the knowledge I do have, Help store things once it figures out this is what this is. And you don't have to relearn it over and over again. At one point in time, you were a child. You had training wheels on your bike. Then we took the training wheels off. Probability's high. You probably fell down. You probably fell down more than once. Scraped up your knee. Maybe even have a scar like I do. But here's the thing. You ended up being able to ride that bike. And then even if you haven't ridden a bike in years, the probability is high is if you do know how to ride a bike, you can get on a bike. It'd be a little squiggly for the first, you know, 10, 15 seconds, but then boom, your brain will click in and you'll be riding that bike. Smooth sailing, baby. And so the thing is, because we repeat things over and over again. I can't do that. I've already done that. That doesn't work. You can't do that. That's stupid. What will people think of you? You're a moron. You're an idiot. That's dumb. We've already done that five times. It didn't work the, the last five times. Why do you think it'll work this time? And if you already are using your, if you're using your past to predict your future, why even get started? Why even take an action? I used to not be in the law of attraction. Because I thought it was kumbaya on your basement and good things will happen. Well, that was the stereotype I had on a lot of things in life, not just that, but a lot of stereotypes. And I took them and I didn't know. The last six letters in attraction are action. So you get a choice every single day to start retuning up, recalibrating your mind. The problem is just like working out for anybody who's a personal trainer, anybody who's lost weight. Outside of surgery, which there's a whole slew of things, and I don't need to get into that, but just normal losing weight, 
through some form of potential movement and exercise, and typically some form of changing what you eat. If you needed to lose 125 pounds, you're not going to be able to just eat really well or not eat at all and work out for 24 straight hours and lose the weight. It's about putting in the reps day in, day out, day in, day out. I've been a person where my weight, a lot of my life fluctuated between 155, 60 pounds to 185 to 90 pounds. I used to go down to my buddy where we lived, you know, he'd walk to Subway. It's pretty close. And I'm like, I'm not walking to Subway. And I'd drive down to Subway and I'd have a foot long with everything on it and different sauces. I'd get a bag of chips and three cookies. That was at the time I was more uh, stressed out, overwhelmed, anxious, afraid, scared in my business, in my life. That was at the time I was at my heaviest, probably around 190. But you know, getting back down to the 165, 170 for me personally, all it took was still going down to Subway, walking down to Subway, changing it to a six inch without all the fancy stuff on it. And I don't think I got a bag of chips or any cookies. I might have still had one cookie though. I don't remember. And then I just walked. I didn't bleed my eyes out, sleep when I'm dead, like, you know, work out and sweat and have a two hour training session every day. None of that. Might've taken me a little longer, but I lost the weight. So you get to move at your pace, at your speed. And I know you need to hear that today. There's people that move real fast. And then when they're screaming at you on the internet, guess what? They're telling you you need to move fast too. And you're not moving fast, you're a loser. Right? But they're likely wired a certain way. They're an extrovert. They're dominant. They're very driven. They have a whole slew of other things that are driving them. And then they got that team of people that allows them to keep the content going. That's why a lot of these accounts that are extrovert on these platforms are not many. They have very large followings. Why? They out doing something else. They get seeing squirrels. They're not, they're not, they can't stay consistent because if it's left to them alone, they don't do it. That's what's happened to me over and over and over again. But that's just it. We get to figure this out. We get to start having a manual that we can read, that we can learn, that we can be aware. And no, yes, we're all hybrids. But where do we sit on the spectrum of the continuum? Where do you sit? What are you trying to build? What are you trying to do? Because here's the thing. The fish could leverage the monkey and the monkey could leverage the fish. Because if the fish can only be in the water and the monkeys can only be in the trees, those are the examples of the ones that aren't the, the true hybrids. So rather than trying to be above the water and doing things and, and going as long as you can until you don't literally die, but you give up, you quit, you stop. Same thing with a monkey. If it went in the water and just kept trying to swim and swim and swim, it eventually would die. But if they started to, to delegate to each other, to collaborate with each other, and they're each having their unique strengths and weaknesses, now they can both thrive together. And so when I started to seek out people to help me accelerate 
which I guess depending on what your version of acceleration is, but this is where I wouldn't change anything because if I changed anything, it would change everything is that I went on a journey from roughly 2010 when I finally had that spark of like, boom, it, it came into a fire, a flame and was lit in my soul. Like, this is something I can do. I don't have to mess as much with hard drives and cameras and lenses and color grading and editing and softwares and, you know, all these other things that like I can do. I've built a competency. I've built a talent. I built a skill set, but like it takes a lot out of me. That's why if I don't do this thing called a same day edit with my editing, I don't edit. I procrastinate because I don't really like editing. I like the outcome of what an edit can turn into from what I shot. But I do not like to sit there and edit. So when I had that spark that turned into a flame in my soul, light me up and say I could do this, it chose me. And where it came from, some of you will be, it came from God. It didn't come from anything. It came from source. It came from vibration. It doesn't matter where it came from. It's chosen me. I can't shake it. There's something in you that you can't shake. You've tried doggone hard, but it's, it's nagging at you each and every single day. And I'm hoping as you listen to this right now, that it is starting to simmer, starting to boil, starting to be tuned up. So for me, I went on a journey. I started seeking out people to learn from. The interesting thing is very, very fascinating because I think that a lot of us are walking through life as walking zombies. We're reacting to everything. We're not very proactive and we're just reacting to everything that happens, quote unquote, to us rather than a version of for us. And so when we're reacting, we don't think we have much control over anything. And there's a lot we do not have control over, but we do have control after we have a reaction. Like, I don't think we always control our initial thoughts, right? We don't control things that happen and how we may instantly react in the moment. But then you can almost step outside of yourself, observe what happened, and make a different choice. What you're going to do for what you think about now actively proactively about what just happened. And so see, for me, I'd say by and large up till probably about 2018, my self-awareness was growing, but there was always something off and I didn't know what that off was. See, I ran around with a lot of alpha, mainly males and the people I film when you think of a Tony Robbins and, you know, (laughs) we'll just take him there to begin with. About as alpha as you can get, right? If you know who Tony Robbins is, you've seen Tony Robbins, whether you like him or hate him, I don't want to get into that, right? I'm not here to, to have people go, oh, no, let's start to release the judgment on people because of associations or because of religious associations or anything else. We got a lot more in common if we start to see human beings at the core rather than to see the external book covers that are guiding what we think about everyone and everything. And so I ran around with this very alpha male, very direct, very decisive, very determined, lots of ego. I'm right. You're wrong. This is the way. This is the way. This is not one of many ways. This is the way. 
So I started telling people I had these one-on-one days and I said, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'd love to do more of this because I, I didn't, you know, now you can have, if you want to be a coach or a speaker, I mean, gosh, with the technology, you've got the virtual world that you can fully live in. You've got the offline world that you can fully live in and use the virtual world or not, right? And you got group programs, you got courses, you know, the group programs can be six weeks, eight weeks, a full year. They can have Zoom sessions. They can get, you can get Voxer. They can have course videos. They can have live, you know, training videos with some Q&A. Like you can do, you know, masterminds, virtual summits, right? It just goes on and on and on and on the different ways that you can do things. I, naive again, when I started coaching, I have no idea. So just like that first you know, coaching session that I did that I got paid $1,500 to spend two days with the person. I, <laughs> I started saying, that's what I want to do. And this is where just like you, you once had something that you knew what you wanted to do. Your heart nudged you and you started talking to people. And then you started going down paths because of likely low self-esteem, low self-worth, low belief in your own dreams. See, you and your beliefs about your dreams have to outweigh the disbelief of others in you and your dreams. And if they don't, and if the person that you speak to has more conviction about why you shouldn't do something or why the way they, they think that you should do it, you should. If you believe them more than you believe in you or you believe in your thing or your dream, then you will turn on a dime. You'll keep building bridges. You'll keep having shiny object syndrome. You'll keep having squirrel moments. And so see, I didn't know any better. And when I started telling people that I'd had some of these one-on-one days, they were incredible. And some of this was like a year, year and a half later. And these people some quit their jobs. Some of them made six figures. Incredible things happened. And then they would be like, man, I wouldn't be where I am without you. And I'm like, Bleh. you know, this is my self-esteem at the time. I don't know what I did. I didn't do much of anything. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just mouth, you know, in my mind, that's what I was thinking. I just mouth vomited all over you. Like I spent eight hours with you. I have, and then I started asking them because this is what I was told. Well, what did you do? What did you say? How did you say it? See, we got to turn this into a framework, a formula, a step-by-step. Because ultimately, that's not scalable. That's not leverageable, right? Why would you want to do that? Now, here's where all of this on a lot of levels ties in. It's because those people were projecting their beliefs onto me. They did not like to do one-on-ones. And here's what you'll find. Even potentially people that liked something and then don't like it, they'll project onto you how you shouldn't do that because likely you're going to get the same result as them, which is, oh, I loved it, but you know, about five years in, XYZ, ABC happened and I, you know, I just hated it. So, I mean, you know, you should just jump to what I'm doing now because it's great. It's amazing, right? So they're basically planting a seed in your mind that says, why even get started with that thing? There's no reason to do that. That's a stupid idea. Like you're going to end up hating it. All they're doing is talking to themselves. That's it. They're not even talking to you. 
They're just giving themselves advice. Disguised is giving you advice. When the likelihood is, the probability is high that when people talk about what has the most potential, it is never what truly may have the most potential. It's not about your amorphous potential. It's just that there are truly business models at times where, yeah, it can, you know, some things will be very difficult to make $30 million. But for a lot of people likely listening to this, depending on where you're at in your career, if you made $50,000 doing what you love, you'd be excited. You'd be thrilled. And then for some of you making $300,000 and you're thrilled and you're excited. And for some of you making 3 million and you're thrilled and you're excited. And for some of you, it'll never be enough. And the work that I do with people each and every single day, my mission, whether you work with me one-on-one, you hear me doing my mind tune-up times every week, you hear me doing my daily jump starts, you hear this audiobook, you listen to other things. Is that we get the foundation. We get you understanding you. We get you feeling peace today. Not when you get debt free, not when you get divorced, not when you get married, not when you get the degree, not when you get the certification, not when you make a certain amount of money, not when you get a certain amount of followers, likes, comments, shares, views. Not when there's something external that you're setting as a marker for when you'll feel enough, for when you'll be successful. See, there's a concept, not a concept. You got to think about things as fact versus fiction. Fact versus fiction. 767, my man, Brett Culp, there's an, he's an incredible speaker, an incredible documentary maker, creator, filmmaker. And he did a speech titled 767. And it's how hitting... Mock speeds are at 767 miles per hour, but here's what happens. All the way up to 766 miles per hour, it feels like the plane's going to explode. So for many years, they would throttle back because they didn't want the plane to blow up. I mean, that makes logical sense. But then finally, they hit 767 and it was it was smooth. It was quiet. But that's a fact. If you got a water bottle in your hand, you got a hat on your head, you got a pen in your finger, you drop that, it's going to fall. That's gravity. That's a fact. But here's the thing we're waiting for the smooth. We think the smooth is out there. We think the smooth someday. We think the smooth is in the future. Smooth is a choice. It's a choice that you get to make every moment of every day. Because most, not all, of the problems that we experience on a daily basis. And I'm not talking about wars. I'm not talking about, yeah, the gas is this. I'm not talking about physical ailments that you may have where you physically feel pain. You're not going to mind 
I mean, over time, potentially people have ailments and pain that they overcome. And some of that's mental for sure. But initially, if I came up and hit you with a baseball bat right now, you're not going to be like, I oh, didn't hurt. No problem. I'm good. Unless you have something wrong with you. God forbid that they have no feeling. But instantly in that moment, you're going to feel pain. But a lot of our problems are mental. They're not physical. Somebody right now, somewhere right now, it's raining. Where do you sit with Do you love when it rains? Or do you hate when it rains? Do you dance in the rain? Or do you stay in away from the rain? Because when you really think about that, somebody listening to this right now loves the rain. They love going out in the rain. It excites them. They look forward to when it's supposed to rain. And yet there's somebody else listening to this right now who hates the rain despises the rain, is discouraged and disappointed and depressed by the rain. So is the rain causing the depression or the happiness? Or is it your view of the rain? Because if the rain was what was causing the depression, then everyone that you ask about rain If it was a fact, everyone that you talk to about the rain would say it makes them depressed. If a million dollars at the bank was what was going to make you happy and satisfied and feel peace and security and safety, then every single person that you ask who's made a million dollars or more should tell you, absolutely, as soon as I had a million dollars in my bank, life was easy, life was fun, life was fulfilling. Life was enjoyable. It's incredible. You got to get there. But that is also fiction. Because it's not that you may not find people that could say that, but you'll find plenty of people, plenty of people who are equally as stressed with a million dollars in the bank as they were with no money. In fact, I would add that there's uh, some people out there who, They had more fun and fulfillment when they were in college and they didn't have any money and they lived in a 10 by 10 dorm room. And that the more that they acquired, the more unhappy they got. And then they associate again because of external, because they're they're looking at two places in their life, their current reality right now with lots of debt and bills and responsibilities and kids and huge house and multiple cars and a boat and multiple homes. They're unfulfilled dissatisfied, stressed, worried, and anxious. And they look back to, let's say, college with no debt and no bills and no responsibility in a 10 by 10 dorm room, and they were happy. And so they look at their circumstance. They look at their situation. They compare to, and they say, the more that I have is what is creating the pain and the suffering. But yet there are people who are in college in the same situation where that was the most miserable time they had in their life. And there are people in the same situation with the multiple cars and the houses, and that's the most fulfilled. So again, these these situations and these circumstances external to you are not. What are or are not causing the problems. It's fiction. It's made up in your mind. And so if you made it up, you can make up a different story. You can choose to give it a different meaning. 
but that takes practice because just like that backwards bike, you can hear something like this today. You may even say you've heard it before, but you've been practicing. See, if I've been practicing on the putting green for five years, and now all of a sudden, every time I putt, I make that putt. I sink that putt. But that's say the putting, just as an analogy, is the bad. It's all the stuff you don't like. It's all the stuff that's not working. It's the backpack of the past. It's the, I don't like the rain. It's all the fiction that's made up. But now all of a sudden I say all the other things are over here on the basketball court. So go to the free throw line and start throwing the hoops. You've just been practicing for decades, making the putt, sinking the putt. It's not an intellectual problem that you stand on the free throw line, you look at the hoop and you throw the ball. But it's going to be a practice problem for you to be able to sink those free throws. That's it. The more you practice doing that, the easier it'll get, the better you'll get, the more you'll sink. So if you don't have what you want in your life right now, and you're scared about what's going to happen, or you've read every book and you've heard everything, and you've heard these things before, just know that it's okay. It is okay. You get to make a different choice. And when I see some of these things to you right now, I'm saying them to myself, the reminders. It's practice. This right now for me is practice. It's continued practice, daily practice, daily conditioning. You get to start practicing whenever you want. You can keep putting. You can start throwing. That's your choice. You may feel like you don't have a choice. You may feel like that's that's malarkey, that's crap, that doesn't work. You just have to start to be a conscious observer each and every single moment of each and every single day. And before you know it, just like when it flips, nine months in, that guy could ride the backwards bike, and then it took him 20 minutes to ride a regular bike because that's how long it took for his brain to rewire to get, okay, I guess this is a different thing. But sooner or later, it just becomes normal. It becomes autopilot. When will it happen? That's a million-dollar question. You know, there's all forms of therapy, coaching, consulting, hypnotherapy, hypnosis. There's all these different modalities out there to help people. And some people, this is the quickest way, and this works. But it kind of still takes a belief. Because if you go into things, you still see people, it didn't work for me. There's always going to be something that didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. You got to find what works for you. Just like my shirt says, you first got to believe that it's even possible that, that you can change. Do you want to change? It can be scary to change. You'll likely let some people down. I hate to be, I'm, I'm Mr. Optimistic over here, but I can tell you right now that living life like I'm walking on shattered glass or that I'm going to fall through the ice, it sucks. Hiding sucks. Being scared sucks. You know, I'm big on language. You know, there's something, choose your heart. Change is hard, but staying the same is too. But I do my best to make life easier, more for fun, 
fulfilling, going with the flow. Again, what you're hearing, I need to remind you again, what you're hearing right now. If you are still here, you are still listening and you are on pins and needles. You're like, oh my gosh, you're on the edge of your seat. And there's people listening who are, and there's people who are still listening that are not. And there's everywhere in between. Some of them last five, you know, freaking two and a half. I don't even know how long I've gone here now, right? That's what's going to happen for you when you show up as you. Introvert, extrovert, ambivert, or any other vert in between. High energy, low energy, medium energy. You got to want something to get something. Not feel like you have to be something. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like anybody else that you see. I believe we can all learn anything if we genuinely want to learn it. But if we think we have to learn it, we're only learning it because somebody's made us feel like we must and we have to. If you never needed money again, and I I don't think I've asked this in the recording here today. If you never needed money again, and, and, and maybe stop this here for a second. I love this exercise because just like Ben Rector said, you know, the success I had in video, I did a lot for free. And when I couldn't convince people to pay me for the thing that I really love doing, I did it anyway. And I did my best. And I've had stops and starts and stops and starts, but something keeps pulling me to do this work so that I'd be in your ear here today saying what I'm saying and having the impact that I know now. I know that I'm having. And I've never, prior to the last couple years, last year, had that kind of conviction that my voice, my presence, my energy, my enthusiasm, my encouragement, 100,000% impacts people's lives. And that the ripple of someone like yourself right now, whose life is, can be, will be impacted, the ripple that you can then have, that you can go help, others, inspire, encourage, whatever that is. It's through your art, through your writing, through your design, through your video. Helping elderly people, helping young people. Helping middle-aged people. Helping people. Whatever way you want to do that. See, when I started having those people tell me that I couldn't do what I wanted to do, I listened. I don't regret, but I listened. It took me from 2010 to March of 2020, that entire time. I made some money doing what I'm doing today, but not a lot and not enough to pay my bills. And what I believe happened if I didn't know myself through a lot of that time. And a lot of the people that I got around encouraged me to do things that were not actually bad advice. A lot of the people I got around were some of the best. They liked me. They wanted to help me. They wanted to see me succeed. And there was a period of time I felt like crap because I never really, in, in with all these people that I had, that helped me, I, I, I never was a big success for them. I don't feel that way anymore, but I did. 
And I'm sure some of you have felt that way, disappointing someone, buying something, someone buying you something, you going through something, you at a point where now people look at you and it's cry wolf. Well, you've done that before. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Good luck with that. Call me in six months when you're actually doing it. But I don't believe there was any fault to blame anymore. They weren't to blame. I wasn't to blame the things I bought that I didn't use. Like, yeah, they were great at getting me to buy. And maybe there was things left out that had I known I wouldn't have bought. But I don't blame them anymore. Because I think there's a lot of really great human beings on this planet. I just believe that there's not enough awareness yet. So that people can be, have higher levels of discernment when they're going What is this person saying? And how does this apply to me? Because these really successful people had great advice. And it's not that none of it worked. And it's not that I didn't use any of it. I did for a long time. I tried and I tested and I explored. And I was frustrated over and over and over again. Because I had a lot of success in video. And I had less successful people. And and, uh, all these amazing quote unquote people helping me grow a video production company. But yet I had these rock stars in my corner and all, you know, some people only have the course that they can buy. I got the the creator of the course helping me and I'm still not succeeding. The hell is going on? What I see now and, and what I want you to know, what I want you to hear, what I want you to feel is that when you start to understand yourself and you start to understand who's the person giving you advice and where are they coming from? And are they projecting their limits and their beliefs, good or bad or indifferent, onto you? Or are they truly seeing you for you? Because here's what I can tell you. I was in a coaching program. Try to mess up some numbers here so I can leave most of it out. I'm not here to throw anybody in the bus. It was a great program. A lot. It helped a lot of people. And uh, somebody I even coached for nine months made $18,000 when they joined this thing within a few weeks. But the way it was sold, there was a lot of people that should have never bought this thing. Because it wasn't right for them and they were never going to get it to work. But dot, 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 here's what I want you to really think about. What's after the but? I had a person, and I love this story. I would join or I become friends with the people whom would join this program. And I was in a lot of wedding groups simply because there was a period of time that I was still active in weddings. I shot weddings from 2005 through 2014. And so, from that point on, when I stopped filming them, I didn't like disjoin all the groups and, you know, I just didn't pay attention to them or interact overall. Um, but with this particular person, they joined up and within a few days of joining up, I see that they posted in a wedding group. And I sent them a screenshot of what they posted in the wedding group. And I want you to, as you continue to listen or as you re-listen to this, all of this is about you. Listen to this and go, how does this apply to me? Put yourself into these stories and these situations and then see where you can make shifts in your thinking, in your actions, in your being, which then will affect your doing, which then will affect the results that you get. So this person, when I sent the screenshot, they said, am I in trouble? I said, I didn't say you were in trouble didn't say you were in trouble. I just sent the screenshot. 
But I said, I'm curious. You just joined a, you know, over $8,000 program that does not teach you how to do anything to get weddings or get weddings or anything about weddings. And this is where what breaks my heart that's happening a lot in this world. And again, it's not an introvert or extrovert issue. It's a lack of self-understanding and self-belief and self-esteem and self-confidence so that when marketers, when yes, extroverts or introverts are out there online speaking to you, to your ears, and you're watching their videos, you're listening to their podcasts, you're listening to their courses, you're reading their books. That this happens far more than it should. Happened to me. It's happened to many that I've coached. It's likely happened to you in some way, shape, or form. So he says, oh, my wife and I, we, we really love weddings. You know, this is kind of the, what would you do if you didn't need money? What would you keep doing? What would you start doing? What would you stop doing? So at this point in his career, it's 2020. They've filmed 15 weddings over five years prior to that for less than $2,000 a wedding. This is my wife and I, we love weddings. Now, I ask a lot of people this. I've had a lot of videographers through my career. I, I help lots of different creatives and creators now, uh, but I had a lot of videographers. And I've always asked that question. If, if you didn't need money, would you shoot weddings? Because a lot of people, it's the easier thing to do. So whatever industry or whatever you're doing, there's something that people say, oh, it's easier to do this. Yeah, only if you want to do it. We can get better at things we want to do, not feel, things we feel like we have to do, because we're always hoping we don't have to do it leads to procrastination. So when I ask that question, people say, oh my gosh, I love weddings, which was this person. Then there's people like, I flipping hate weddings. I never want to shoot a wedding in my life. Like I wish I didn't have to shoot weddings. And there's people like, well, you know, I like them. I might shoot a little less or whatever. And they're kind of in-betweeners. Um, but for this person, he's like, my wife and I, we love weddings. We just, it, it's one of the happy day, happiest days of a couple's life. And we love being able to share that with them and, and be able to document that and create a special video for them that they'll be able to remember for the rest of their life. He just had a real like passion and a joy for it. And then came the dreaded, but. When I ask people, what do you want to do? And I'm asking you right now, what do you want to do? What's really in your heart? What's there? What is there? What's the gut? What's the instant reaction? But then what happens after? What's the but? What's after the but dot, dot, dot? That's likely not you speaking. That's not you speaking. Ask friends, family, society, media, the course creator, the marketing, that's somebody else speaking. The but dot, 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 which is I can't do this. I don't, it's not possible. It's not work. In this person's situation, it was, well, it's not scalable. It's not leverageable, right? There's not enough potential in weddings. They're one-off projects. You got to keep finding couples because the thing that was being sold, well, let me ask you this. I mean, if you had the ability right now to create predictable income, and if I could show you in a step-by-step -step fashion, and if you followed the steps, you'd be able to find five to 10, 2,000 to $5,000 a month clients. And we've got the way. We have it documented in 300 plus videos. You get four group coaching calls a week. You get a one-on-one -on -one call once a month. You get a Facebook group. 
Here's the people succeeding. Here's the results that they've gotten. You can do it too. Like, don't be a videographer who's just shooting one-off projects. You got to keep finding new clients all the time. We'll show you the way where you shoot once and then you keep a client for life. When you want to make $10,000, $20,000 a month on autopilot, you just got to put the work in up front. It's almost passive income. So let me ask you, would you say yes to that? The way that's positioned? Maybe you've already bought something that was positioned that way. How'd that go for you? I hope is that it worked. I hope you were one of the people that worked, but I've dealt with plenty who have not. There's a vast majority of the population who's bought tens of thousands of dollars of courses and programs and step-by-steps and frameworks and watched plenty of videos on YouTube and read plenty of blog posts and have plenty of certifications that they're still struggling, still stuck, still confused, or they've hit a plateau and they don't know how to get to a next level because a lot of the people who are next level people, same issues happening. It doesn't matter what income level you're at. And so his butt was all these reasons that weren't his reasons. They were the marketer's reasons of why what he sold was better than XYZ ABC and one of those options was weddings. Well, when you don't know any better and this person's making a lot of money and has a lot of proof from what they're showing and has a lot of examples of why this is the way, this is a better way, this is a way that you should you know, pursue. And you don't have a lot of past that shows a lot of success and you knowing better than this successful person, then you've likely listened to those people. And so I say it's kind of like having a leak. This is a problem that happens, right? You got a leak and you put a bucket down. Well, when you see the leak and you see where it's at, you're like, well, I don't know how to fix the leak, right? I don't have the money to fix the leak. So it starts dripping. I love helping people find the leak and fix the leak. Because there's a problem. When you put the bucket down, you don't have a problem now. But when it fills up and you dump the water out, to me, that's a changing career. That's a changing a relationship, right? That's changing, changing, changing. Every single time the water fills up, it's all okay right now. I got a new career. This is amazing. It's awesome. I love it. I got a new relationship. It's amazing. It's awesome. I love it. And then all of a sudden, these same patterns, these same things kick in and it doesn't end up working out. And that's that backpack of the past you got, that predictor of the future that you're paying attention to. So you got to listen to that, but it's likely not you speaking. You got to get back to your heart. You got to look inside. What is you? I'm still untangling some things in my mind from a decade of being around people who did that constantly to me, to others, and I was observing it. I got rewired to ride a different type of bike, and now I'm still practicing riding the the bike I started with, the bike that got me the success I had in video that's now getting me the success I'm having in speaking and coaching, inspiring, encouraging, transforming people's lives. It's 444 right now. I love those kind of sequential numbers. So here's the thing. He spent nine months pursuing this other thing because it supposedly had more potential. It's going to be hard to have a multi-million dollar business shooting weddings. These one-off projects, you got to keep finding new couples. What a drag. Got let go of his job, had two months of severance going into 2021. Says, I'm going to have to get a job. I'm going to do something else. I got two weddings booked for next year. But enough's enough with this thing. He hardly made any money with the thing he paid over $8,000 for that had 300 plus videos, two hours a piece, step-by-step, 
great content, great information, very helpful. But he didn't really want to do that. And I'm always getting, I'm always getting to the core. When I work with people one-on-one, I'm listening. I always say, when I hear you, I can help you. So my, my favorite clients, he's always like, man, he's like, I don't even have to ask you a question and you freaking send me the gold back. You know, he's like, you're like my coach in the corner. Like, a, like the, I'm on the greatest fight of my life. You're in the coach in the corner. And um, so I'm always, this is where these people I've worked for, they don't like me too much because people who are, were a right fit and it's going to work for them. I'm rocket fuel to the rocket ship. But see, I can't lie. When I hear a person go, I love weddings. My wife and I love weddings. We really want to do weddings. And then they give me the butt. I don't care about the butt. I'm not going to feed you a load of whatever so that you can go after the butt. I'm going to go what's before the butt. And I've seen time and time and time again. And I have so much certainty, so much conviction, so many examples that when you go with what's before the butt, you will win. You will have fun. You will have fulfillment. Will there be struggle? Will there be difficulty? Absolutely. But you will be able to get through it. And you won't likely give up. But when you're doing something that's after the butt, you're likely doing everything but that. You're procrastinating. You're wishing and hoping that there's another way. But you've been so convinced, you've been so brainwashed, there isn't another way. There's only one way, and it's the way you just bought into. And you don't want to feel like a moron, an idiot, a loser, a non-successful person because you just made a big mistake. Or did you? It is what it is. You've made it. It's done. No need to beat yourself up about the past any longer. That person had the two months of money, two weddings booked for 2021, said, I'm going after it. I'm all in. My wife and I are all in. When you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, magic happens. A lot of times people get sick and tired of being sick and tired. They finally take the my way decision. They finally do the thing that's in their heart or not. Well, they did. Booked $45,000 worth of weddings in three months and ended up doing over $146,000 in their first year in business during a pandemic, filming weddings and some little ancillary things, but primarily weddings. I have another story of a person whom for years wanted to be just an editor. Just an editor. What do you just want to be? Do you want to be a solopreneur? Like you really don't want any employees or any contractors or you just want to be that artist. And people may tell you, well, there's not potential there. You got to be a person. You got to hire. You got to work in the business, you know, on the business, not in the business. You got to hire people. You got to do this. You got to do that. You have all these employees. And for you, you just may overwhelm you. So what happens is, is in the thing that supposedly has more potential, see that thing, the model that he bought into, that the couple bought into, yeah, it had the potential to make millions of dollars. And on certain levels, if he was into that, if they were into that, if they wanted to do that, it would have potentially been easier to make millions of dollars with that than it would have been to make millions of dollars with weddings. Problem was, didn't make any money with that one and wasn't really making any money with the one he really loved. So both were, were not working. And I think they're on pace to do $180,000 to $200,000 now. Their second or third year in business. Incredible. So this person wanted to be just an editor. I met this person in 2014. I'd found out later that they wanted to be an editor starting in 2012. 
Now, I wasn't who I am today. You're not who you were from prior to listening to this thing. You've already changed. If you're still listening right now, you have already changed. You can believe it or not believe it, but you have changed. The fact that you have continued to listen to me at this point in time, things have changed in you. Now, what you do with it on a daily basis moving forward, it's up to you. But you've already changed in some way, shape, or form. You've changed some thinking. You've opened up some perspective. You might have 17 pages of notes right now. I don't know. But I want people to do what they love. I want them to be excited when they get up in the morning. I want them to know they don't have to settle. As my man Roy Kent would say and Ted Lasso, don't you dare settle for fine. Now, believe me, I love a Netflix and chill. And I ain't ever going to shame nobody about chilling out in the evening or chilling out in general. You got to chill out. You get to build your life, create your life your way. I will say it again and again and again. The potential is where you'll put the action consistently again and again, day in and day out. So when I met this person in 2014, my little question, what would you do if you did any money, wasn't as much prevalent as it is today. I operated a lot like most of the world does. And I let the person come to me and tell them what the, tell me what their problems was and tell me how I can help them. Ask me how I can help them, right? So at that point in time, it was, how do I grow a video production company? Because his beliefs based on the world, society, peers, other people were, why would you just want to be an editor? When you can have employees, you can make money while you sleep, you know, what are you going to do if you get sick? Like they start saying all these things and it, look, these things are not necessarily lies, but we get confused because these things do not come to fruition and we stay frustrated on a regular basis if we're not going to put in the time and the energy effort to make it a reality. And so this person from 2012 to 2019 pursued a production company. They had a full-time job. We'll call it making $30,000 a year. And would make about ten dollars to $15,000 on the side running a production company, you know, where they got to find the job, sell the job, you know, shoot the job, edit the job, got to do all the things. And if they don't want to do it, maybe just want to edit. Now, all of a sudden, well, I got to hire a person to sell jobs and I got to maybe hire a person to shoot the jobs, right? And then finally, after all of that, then I'll get to edit jobs. Now, there's a whole bunch of skill sets that maybe you don't possess when you're really just passionate about freaking editing. So never could quit his job. Made the ten dollars to $15,000. The job had nothing to do with video production, nothing to do with what he wanted to do. It was just that safe, secure income. Well, by about 2019, this guy right here that you're listening to right now is a lot more convincing, a lot more convicted, a lot more certain. And listening to what people's true dreams are. Helping people, you know, give them that permission to do what they really want to do, not what they think they have to do, not what they've been told to do, but what they really want to do. What would you do if you need any money? Man, I'd wish I could have just a at-home office with a number of monitors, these big screens, and just this awesome editing bay at my house and work from home. That would be absolutely incredible. All right, let's get there. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's create it.
the summer of 2019, I got a boxer audio. Man, same kind of situation. I'm believing in me. You've believed in me. I am an editor. He declared to himself that day that he is an editor. And again, whether you're a person that believes that everything happens for a reason, you believe in God, you believe in the universe, you believe in law of attraction, I don't really care what you believe. But belief is powerful. Conviction, certainty, having a direction is powerful. When we can't make a decision, that is what I help people with when I work. If, if you choose to ever reach out and work with me, when I hear you, I can help you. One of the greatest things I do is jumpstart people. When they're stuck on the side of the road, I bring my big truck and my big cables and I plug it in and I jump you and off you go. Now, the mind mechanic's got some other tools up his, uh, in his toolbox as well. Or we can get the car aligned, right? We can change the tires, change the spark plugs, put, put, you know, change the oil, give you a full tune-up, get some full maintenance going on. But the goal is to get you unstuck, more clear, more confident in a direction so that you can move, so that you can act rather than being stuck in a park and being frustrated each and every single day because you know that there's something there. But trying to do it yourself is like me at times trying to do it myself. The greatest tattoo artists, the greatest brain surgeons, they still need somebody else to tattoo them. They still need somebody else to do the surgery. I do a lot of self-coaching. I do a lot of self-work, but it's still great to have somebody else who gets me, understands me, and sees me for who I am and helps me do what I want to do. Not what they think I should do, not what they tell me to do, but what I want to do, what's in my heart, what's in my head, what's in my hard drive. Within two months, making that declaration, I just want to be an editor. A couple of random friends he was been friends with for years came along and referred him. He didn't even really bring it up to anybody. He just put it out there into the ethos, into the universe, gave it to God, let Jesus take the wheel, whatever works for you. That's all that matters. I don't care what works for you. I don't care what you do, but I care what you do and what works for you. So within two months, two different referrals to editing positions. He quit his job within two months. Ended up working on a documentary series that made it into the top 10 called on Netflix called High Score. He was the assistant editor. Then worked on an HBO series. Now is working on another Netflix series. As an assistant editor on a real big Netflix series. And I couldn't be more proud. When people say, I couldn't do it without you, I used to say, I didn't do anything. I definitely did something, but I didn't do everything. Because whether I never hear from you, we never work together, we're working together right now, because here's the thing, you're my client right now. Because Michael Gebbin doing his best, instilled from my father from a young age, is that I don't care whether I ever meet you, I ever connect with you, I ever see you, I ever talk to you. I don't care if you got this bootlegged, you for free, you paid for it. I don't care. I don't care what happens. I do my best. I don't do this. Well, I'm capable of a 10, but you only paid for a two, so I'm only going to do a two's worth of work. 
I used to see that all the time. People say, well, they didn't pay. They only, it's a free project. I'm not bringing my tripod. They only paid for one camera. When I did those kind of things, I was ashamed of the things I put together. If I knew how to do better, it, it, I was disgusted. I wasn't proud of what I put together. I always wanted to be proud of what I did. And so if you came into my office and you heard me working, you would know if you're talking, if I'm talking to a friend, talking to somebody I just met, if they paid me a little, if they paid me nothing, or if they pay me a lot. I don't change. I don't say, oh, you paid me a ton of money. I'm going to talk to you with more intensity. I don't say, oh, well, nobody gave me an advance to record this audiobook. So, you know, when I get an advance for an audiobook, then I'll really put my all into it. You're getting the best that the best that I have to give right now. And see, when I made my my way decision, when you make your decision to go, I'm going to do what's in my heart. I'm going to do what I want to do, not in a selfish way. Selfish is continuing to do what is killing you inside. The people that you're doing things for to please them, to make them happy, would be so disappointed if they knew that you didn't really want to do what you were doing, but you were doing it because you wanted to make them happy. Why? Because I know. I know that the people when I've talked to and had the conversation and had the dialogue were so upset that they were causing me pain and suffering because I didn't want to let them down. So see, I used to deliver all these different videos, upwards of 12 different deliverables because, you know, we live in a world where more is better, right? More, 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 more. The more hours you spend on something, the harder you work, the more time you put in, the more weeks, months, and years the better it'll be. Hmm? The more deliverables. I mean, anybody been on a webinar? You know those webinars where they're like, hey, it's like a freaking infomercial from the evening. They're like, hey, we've got bonus number one. Bonus number one is, is three PDFs and it's valued at $14,998. Wait, 997, excuse me. We got bonus number two. It's worth $18,997. And it's another set of videos from the last 18 years that I've been in business, right? Then we've got bonus number three. Bonus number three is, you know, you're going to get the 19,000 documents I've created in my lifetime and all the pages and all the behind the scenes that's valued at hundred grand. And the thing that's priceless is the fact you're going to get me talking to you. I'm $197,000 a minute to talk to me. So all this combined is a million dollars of value. And the cool thing for you coming to this right now, you catching this in your news feed, it's really cool because normally people, they didn't pay a million, but they had to pay a hundred thousand, but you're not going to pay a hundred thousand today. In fact, if you act with this fake timer that's on this page right now, in the next 30 seconds, get your card out quick. It's clicking down. You don't have much time left. You can get it for the low price, $7 and 97 cents. Act now. This webinar is running on autopilot 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but we don't need to tell you that. You tell I'm a little jaded about that world, but I'm sure all of you experienced the webinar with the added bonus after bonus after bonus after bonus after bonus of things that you've likely never logged into. That you were more confused than when you started the doggone thing and you were overwhelmed and you were stuck and you just quit. And they blamed you. So, before I knew any of those things, that wasn't why I did all the videos, but there were some videographers where when I did a same day edit, they said, you can't just do that. 
You need to deliver the longer highlight video, these feature films, people called it, these 30, 40-minute highlights. And I did all these things. I had an intro highlight, a pre-ceremony highlight, a ceremony highlight, a photo session highlight, a reception highlight, a love story, a bridal elegance, a trash the dress. Did I say love story? A same-day edit. I had all these different things. Oh, wait, full ceremony and reception too. And see, here's the thing. The couples, these brides would say to me, these, these people that weren't brides yet, potential brides, right? they were engaged. When I told them about this thing that I was passionate about, this same day edit, a lot of people who didn't experience one and didn't understand it would say, well, why would we, why would we want to do that? Like it just happened. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Or we don't want to really interrupt the reception or wouldn't it be better if you had more time? Now, here's where I want you to identify this for you. The weak, not confident version of me who hadn't done it enough times, had no conviction, had no belief. When I was asked those questions, I'm like, yeah, maybe it would be better. I had, I don't know. I mean, it's a really cool video and I had some things, but it was, I'm I'm just, I'm going, and this isn't about introversion, extroversion either, right? This is simply about lacking confidence and belief in something and you and your offer and what you do, how you provide your services, what you know you do your best at. See, I know that this is my best I have to give right now. This is my best that I have to give you right now. My absolute best. You wouldn't get nothing better from me had I had this bottle rocket idea this morning, the ass crack of dawn, and then spent the next flipping God knows how long thinking about it, planning it, trying to come up with all these things, have all these notes laid out on my computer and blah, 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 blah. And then I might just be like, screw it. I'm not doing it. So everything you're hearing, again, I'll say it. If this has been helpful, what is your way? First of all, you just got to get started. I started recording myself speaking when I guess when I was 18 years old. That was the first time I got in front of the camera. But I didn't start to regularly get in front of the camera till a little bit in 2011, 2012, and then super a lot starting in 2014. And then it's only increased from there. And I've done thousands of hours of recording things like this now. But you just have to start. There's the cliche. They're true for a reason sometimes. No better time than starting today, right? When's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the next best time? Right now. Right. So I had a shift. I started asking my couples what they liked. Well, it just so happened that what they loved is what I loved. They're like, we, because I, I said they'd had their DVDs. I'd be at a wedding. They'd had it for six months and they'd say, well, the only thing we've watched is the same day edit. We watch that all the time. And I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. That is the only thing that I really like. I love the shooting. I love the people. I love being there that day. And I love that video. I love I watch them 40 times when I get home afterwards. I just would be so proud of those edits and people would just laugh and they would cry and they would hug. It was just an amazing experience in every way, shape, or form. It's what I really loved. 
but I was so convinced by the couples when they talked to me who didn't understand me or it, and then I couldn't articulate it, and then the people in my industry, most of them didn't do it, and the people who didn't do it or didn't like it or didn't want to do it or didn't understand it, and they had what? Their projections. They projected their limiting beliefs on me, which was in their world, in their mind, they couldn't do that, and their couples wanted the longer video. Not my couples. My couples wanted the same day edit, and it's the only thing they cared about, and it's the only thing they watched. And so I had a turning point when I didn't even want to go to the movie theater. I didn't want to leave my house. I thought I'd get chewed out, and I did. I mean, one of the people called me, called my parents' house. One I did, it was a cop in town, and they called my parents' house. I mean, it was, I, it sucked. It was horrible. But I was doing all this other stuff, not because I wanted to do it, not because I loved it, not because I was great at it, but because I thought I had to. Others made me believe I allowed, which you have to hear that distinction right now. When I say I'm catching myself right now as well. When I say made me believe that is a lie that I told myself, they didn't make me do anything. They told me things. I believed it. I allowed that to infiltrate my mind and I believed it. And then I did those things with it. Who was I being, believing what I believed? And what was I doing? When I changed my belief to say, by gosh, I love the same day at it. The people love the same day at it. I'm sick and tired. Notice a little theme here. You don't have to be get to that point. You can change this at any moment in time. You just might be waiting until you're so fed up. Maybe that's today. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's in two years. I don't know. But for me, I was going to quit. I was going to give up. It was a miserable time in a lot of ways. I mean, there was a lot of good things, but there was a lot of bad things that I was really unhappy and dissatisfied with. And so I said, screw it. I'm going to just do the same day at it. I did these two other little videos. They were simple, but like paid a couple hundred bucks to get it done. But that was it. I went down from spending an hour and a half talking to a couple about you. We get this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing down to this one video. And here's what happened. I don't know. I don't know weak or I don't know powerful. See, I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Would it be better? Maybe it's better. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't it be better if you had more than two hours? Here's what I can tell you. Now, I didn't, I have a lot of intensity right now. I just want to lighten, lighten the load here a little bit. Like I didn't, I didn't say this in this like punch you in the face direct way. I was super loving. I'd have long conversations with couples. But when that question would still come up because see my circumstances didn't change. I still got, just because I changed internally, my entire external situation and circumstances didn't change, right? Meaning that question didn't just stop coming in all, all of a sudden because I decided to make different choices and, and, and think differently, believe differently, show up differently. When you show up different, the world shows up different, right? When you show up different, different people show up. Sometimes it's the same people and sometimes it's brand new people. But people will show up different when you take responsibility and you show up different. So energetically, I showed up completely different after I made that decision. When asked that same question, I said, well, you know what? I can't speak for other people. I don't know if they need two weeks, two, two, two weeks, two months, or two years to make a video. Now, I don't know why for me personally, but I can tell you after years of 
procrastinating, you know, talking to couples, all these different things. The best video that I make is when I'm under pressure and I have two hours to make, you know, two or three, four hours to make the video that night at your wedding. So if you like me and you like my work, that's how I make the best work. That's how I make the work that you're liking as I do a same day edit. In fact, if I leave that wedding and I do it later, I won't make the best video and it won't be as good. Not for me. I'm not saying other people that they don't perform better. They don't create better with the extra time, the extra energy, you know, the extra hours or whatever, but I don't, I just procrastinate and I'm ready to move on, but I make the best work when I'm under this situation and this circumstance. That was the year I went from, from 2004 to 2010. I never generated more than $160,000 in revenue in my production company. That year we went to 275, almost $300,000. The next year went to almost $400,000 with that decision, with that my way decision. And you can make that decision too. That decision for you is going to come in a lot of different ways. Whether it's to just get started and you haven't tested, tried, tweaked, done much of anything besides learned and consumed. I want this to be the last audio that you consume without action. Unless you learn that that's your thing, that you're a consumer. Give you a lot of peace of mind if you just decide that you're a consumer. But the likelihood that you're listening to this, you've kept listening to this, and you've been in my world just this or beyond this, like Roy Kent says, you're not just settling for fine. And not that there's anything wrong if that's your decision, but I believe that the people that I am speaking to are the people who are the dreamers, the doers, and the entrepreneurs. They're the, the misunderstoods, the misfits, the outliers, the outsiders, and the, you know, the underdogs, the people who are the least likely to succeed. Funny thing is, I've seen some of the most talented people making the least amount of money and some of the Judging a book by its cover, the least talented people make the most amount of money. You've probably seen somebody today and you're shocked at how they're doing what they're doing. And you know they're better than them. Well, the one thing they're doing is they're doing it. That's the one thing. They at least got that. They're doing it and they're showing up. And whether they're aware or not that they're doing the right thing for them, that they've made a my way decision, that they've found the sweet spot, who knows whether they're aware or not, but they're doing it. And there's a part of you that's frustrated because you're not doing it. So I'll ask again, what do you want to do? That was a game changer for me. Love that phrase, game changer. It was. It was a game changer for me. The backlog got eliminated. I got my life back. I was happier, less stressed, more time. See, the funny thing is I spent 80% of my time on what made me 20% of my money. Spent 20% of my time on what made me 80% of my money but I had both percentages. So I spent hundred percent of the time running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And until I had that clarity and we started to eliminate, I was just stressed and overwhelmed. So what can you not add, but rather subtract? It's the elimination, the subtraction that leads to the multiplication, not the addition. There are things that you can eliminate right now. There's a power and a potency that you have to do what you do, whether that's writing, whether that's drawing, whether that's designing, whether that's speaking, coaching, 
creating YouTube content, creating TikToks, creating short form, long form, or any other kind of form of content or creation that you do. There's something that you do better. I had a gal, she's like, I haven't taken my flute out in years. You don't need a million dollars. You don't need 10,000. If you got the flute, what do you have at your house? A guitar? A paintbrush? Paint? Just sitting around? You don't need to wait until you can retire yourself with millions in the bank to take the flute out and play it, to take the guitar out and play it, to take the paint out and paint. That's just a choice. You're dying every day inside that you don't do the things that, that light you up. And I highly suggest that at times, depending on where you're at, you remove the need for it to make money. Part of this is a reminder to me of that exact thing. Because when I stopped chasing money, money started chasing me. Money feels out of reach it's probably because you're chasing it and it's running away. When you can be at peace, no matter where you're at financially, it's a beautiful place to be. So all those years, we're going to see where we're at here now. I don't know how long this thing was going to be. And I know it's been all over the place. And I've literally had many people tell me, I love that about you. And then I've had people, eh, I wish you had a little bit more direction, a little bit more. Like, it'd be better if you had some, like, some, like bullets and some stuff. Guess what? I wouldn't release this. Stuff be dying in my heart, my head, and my hard drive. Because that's somebody who feels like that's what they would need to be successful. Then if that's what you need, do it. Don't put that on other people. Don't put that on other people. Some of the greatest creations we have on earth, some of the, the best-selling songs, the most popular songs were created in a couple hours. Sometimes some of the worst, least popular songs, somebody spent years. Same thing goes for movies. Same thing goes for just about anything. There is zero correlation to the time spent to the success that something will have. Although when you spend a lot of time, there's a greater level of dissatisfaction. There's a greater level of disappointment that happens the more time you spend. It doesn't mean don't spend the time. But don't allow others to tell you that there's a right and a wrong way. Because again, just like the quote I read from Mother Teresa, there's going to be people that are going to judge me no matter how I record this thing. There's going to be people that if I had this all perfectly laid out and organized by chapter two, we're going to talk about the my way decision, right? Like there'd be people that wouldn't like that. There's people right now. There's some of you who are listening to this right now who are so grateful, so thankful that I'm recording this the way I'm recording it because it is giving you permission when, okay, when that's a W-I-N, not W-H-E-N. That's a win for me because I'm having a blast. I'm on fire. I'm excited, and I believe more than I've ever believed before. This is this is awesome. <laughs> it's not that simple. This is awesome. This is great. This is powerful. And I want to tie in a handful of more things. We'll see if I'm going to be wrapping this up. Um, I feel like I covered a lot of, of of gold in here. A lot of nuggets. A lot of 
lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of, I've had a book I've been sitting here. I just want to tell you this story about the other audiobook and why there's such a substantial gap between the recording of Massive Imperfect Action, which I'm sure you're going to go listen to after this. It's a, it's a, it'll bottle rocket you too. A lot of people's lives have been changed because of that one. You heard of James Altucher. Got a book I'm looking at here called Choose Yourself. I've got a book here called Reinvent Yourself. Well, through the little world that I ran around in and filmed events for, I became friends with James Altucher. James Altucher flew me to London, which is where I got engaged in 2015, July of, 20, uh, July of 2015. And um, it was 2016 that I was jumping on a call with James Altucher. You know, he didn't offer coaching. You couldn't buy a call on his uh, thing. This was one of those examples that I had somebody very successful, you know, made millions, lost millions, very uh, eclectic human being that I'm on the phone with. He sold millions of copies of his books. And I'm talking about inspiring, encouraging, all this stuff. And you know, he's like, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. I'm like, well, I got this concept, Massive Imperfect Action. I love it. I love the title. MIA, Massive Imperfect Action. That's great. So here's what you got to do. And you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to do this with the book and you're going to get it transcribed. You're going to get it edited. You're going to think of this. Person. I mean, he gave me what to do. He even had an article. The article on his blog is like super long, free. How to do this. So I got this guy telling me, great. I love it. I love the idea. I love the title. I'm like, great. I just got it. So I got affirmation. Okay. I got affirmation from a successful person. They told me what to do. They affirmed my idea, said it's a great idea, told me to do it and said, you know, I want you to do, I want you to get this going in the next 30 days and then let me know where you're at because you wanted to help me and see me succeed. So the magic that transpired afterwards. So we're coming on the 30 day mark and I happen to be uh, featured for something on the radio locally. And that afternoon, I had this bottle rocket idea to record massive imperfect action as an audiobook. And I was going to have it be this perfectly imperfect. I was just going to record this. And just like this, just like this right now, and just so you know, if you've made it this far, this has been one take. There's not been any editing to this point in time. One take up at three o'clock in the morning today. I don't do drugs. <laughs> I don't have any pills. I haven't had any, I don't drink coffee. I don't have any caffeine. The only thing I've had today is water and some food. That's it. And that's how I recorded the other one, which had incredible feedback. Because here's the thing. In 2014, I was featured on The Good Life Project from Jonathan Fields. And I thought, I got to get a book. I got to get a book. So I recorded chapters in video form, had them transcribed, had a virtual assistant help me. I had a PDF document. I sent that to about 50 people, and it was almost crickets. You ever had crickets with your dream or your idea? You ever posted something to crickets? You ever put something out there? You ever go through a program and they're like, hey, you're going to blow up. You're going to make $100,000 in 90 days. And then you put it out there. And you're like, I didn't make any money. Jackass. <laughs> right. So 2014, I got all that ready. I was going to have this book. I was taking massive and perfect action. I didn't call it that at that time. I had everything ready. And then when I emailed it to like 50 people, pretty much nobody responded overall. And I got discouraged. And I was like, eh. And I didn't, I didn't bring out a book. I didn't talk about a book on that. Didn't have anything. Didn't tell my story at that point in time. So then when he tells me, 
Massive imperfect action. That's great. Do a book on it. Here's how you do it. Here's all the steps laid out. I got the guy who wrote the blog post. I got the guy with the books. I got the guy, like, it's all there. I got everything I need to succeed. But record that audiobook. I crank that sucker out. I make a book cover that same day. I put it out on, on uh, Facebook the next day. Like literally within 24 hours, I record the thing. I, I, I record it just like I'm doing here. I've stopped this like four or five times just to make sure I've got different recordings and it's all good. Um, but essentially, I uh, <laughs> that's it. And I spliced those together. I made the book cover, put it on Dropbox, put the cover up. I said, I got an audiobook. Who wants to listen? Within a week or so, I sent that link to the Dropbox to about 170-ish people. Almost half of those people responded. I have the testimonials. They loved it. Great, phenomenal feedback. Super exciting. I'm pumped. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is my sweet spot. This was effortless. Like, this was great. So we're good. We're good at this point, right? Now, I didn't do what he told me yet. But I thought I'm going to be an audio author. I'm going to be an audio author. I was convinced. Even on his blog, he said he sold more audiobooks than he did physical books. I'm like, well, that's great. Because <laughs> this was great. I'm good. Like, I'm going to be the first audio author. Like, that's all I'm going to do. I'll just do audiobooks. This will be great. So I get a hold of him. James, guess what, man? I'm super pumped, man. I got it done. I was on the deadline, but I recorded it. I've got great feedback. People are excited. I got the audiobook. You know, I think I'm just going to be an audio author. And let's feel the shoulders drop. The disappointment. Nah, man, you're going to really need to have a book. I mean, you know, and, 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 and I don't even want to get into all this stuff, but basically it was, you're going to need a book. Yeah. All you got to do, man, you just get that audio transcribed. Da, 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 da. So what do I do? And I, I can find it in my, in my email. I find notes in my Dropbox. I had the PDF created. I had the, I had, I had it. It was such a frustrating process. And then I quit. The year I was also, I got married, almost bankrupt around the time of recording that audio. And I just gave up. I quit. I didn't even promote the thing after that. I stopped trying to make money coaching. I stopped, stopped trying to make money speaking, doing this work, all of it. Just shut it all down. Got married, focused all my video work. And uh, my income went way back up those next couple of years. But I couldn't shake the feeling to do what I'm doing today. Couldn't shake it. 2019, I kicked it back up, started making money with it. 2020, pandemic hit from March on to today. I have not made a single dollar from video production. I've not filmed anything. I've only flown on a plane four times. I used to travel four to six months out of the year between 2010 and 2019. Started promoting the book again because somebody randomly found it when I was doing some stuff in 2019 and they said, Oh my God, that thing's amazing. I've listened to it multiple times, which happened the first time I couldn't get people to read my, it was like 60 or 70 pages. I couldn't get them to read that once, but they listened to a three and a half hour audiobook two or three times. You may listen to this multiple times, take multiple notes. Hope you also choose to put those notes in action. <laughs> Anyways, I had so much disappointment. I gave up and I quit because somebody who was smarter, wiser, and more successful to me told me that I shouldn't do something. Here's what I found. I'm a little bit of a pioneer. Yeah, I'll say that. I don't have ego. I don't have cockiness or arrogance that I feel. 
but I have multiple examples that I've done things in my life before the crowd caught up. Funny thing is when it comes to coaching, you know, consulting or doing any of this, I let too many people infiltrate my mind and I listen to people, although well-intentioned, although they wanted me succeed. The reality is if I would have stuck with just the goal moving forward as I've been doing for the last couple of Just like the stories I gave you of the editor, the guy with the wedding program. Could I have had the book out? Sure. Could have kept following that path. There's another person I'll be talking about here soon, Steve Hardison. And uh, let's just say I paid $5,000 for two hours with this person who's a coach. Anyways, let's flash forward to another conversation with James Altucher. After nine or 10 months of, I think this was last year, of uh, sending text messages and different things, zero response to any of it. And then my wife had to go to the dentist and I happened to send something else and he happens to respond. And then I took mass and perfect action. I just called this thing. I called his phone. I didn't wait. I didn't say, hey, can we schedule a call? Hey, are you available? I just clicked the number and called. And I told him this story. This is the mic drop moment coming for all of you. The time of 2016, when I said I was going to be an audio author, to the best of my knowledge, there weren't audible originals on audible. What's an audible original? An audible original means that the audio is the only thing in existence of that. There is no physical book. There's nothing. There's no eBooks. There's no physical hard copies or soft copies being shipped to you. There is only an audio file, an audible audio available. It's an audible original, original to audible. So tell James that whole thing. And he goes on to tell me, I'm bringing something out in audio only. And I haven't cursed once on here, but I did say, fuck you (laughs) with love and tender and caring heart. (laughs) If you can, uh, if you could get my drift, like it was, it was in jest, it was in playfulness, whatever, but it was just this, like that full circle moment of all the way back to 2016. I didn't have the my way decision. I'd even talked about it in the audiobook, but because as me as a coach, as a speaker, as this audio author, I didn't have that same conviction that I had when I told people, you know what? I make the best work when I do a same day edit. And you're hearing me for the first time because, again, I tried to record an audiobook a number of months ago. It had a flow like this to a degree. I got some decent feedback, but it didn't feel great because I did do that first audiobook. And I thought, oh, I'll, have, I'll have, maybe have some more organization and chapters, maybe make an outline, have bullet points. Yeah, that didn't work. That's not me. I won't be able to share in the world. That doesn't mean I'm lazy. It's nothing to do with that. My practice is this the thousands of hours of YouTube videos and other podcasts and interviews and Facebook lives and things I've done set me up to be able to do what I'm doing now very effortlessly and flow in the zone times evaporating times likely evaporated for you as you've listened to this. That's from practice, but I'm at a place now for really the first time in my life where there is a certainty and there is a conviction, not a, intellectual understanding, but rather an embodiment. This is my way. 
It may be your way. Likely, you have your own way. Because I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell you my way so it can be your way. So you can do it like me. Only you are going to know what's right for you. Only you. Only, only, only you. Let that sink in. Only you. And there's a time and a place where we go from an intellectual understanding, just like the bike. It didn't take extra, like you didn't have to have a PhD level to know it was a backwards bike. It looked like a normal bike. Then he tells you, when you turn left, it goes right. When you turn right, it goes left. But here's the thing. Beyond that, there was nothing else to learn or know or, or, or buy courses or read books. You literally just had to get on the bike. So you can understand or have already understood everything I'm saying now, but have you been practicing? Have you been practicing? Because see, for me, I thought I've made little my way decisions in the past and I've made little my way decisions in the past, right? Just like in video, I did little things. I think I deleted a few videos, but then there was a moment in time where enough was enough. And I did what probably some would say, I burned the boats. And it's like, no, this, this is me. This is my sweet spot. This is what I love. This is what I do that I like blow people's minds with, right? I love it. They love it. It is a win-win. The other things I'm half-assing. The other things I'm doing well, because somebody told me I should. I even had couples request I don't do some of the things that I didn't want to do. They're like, I don't want that. Like we had some things where it used to be, and I've had people in video that think this, they're like, well, you know, I've got to add in all these sound bites and I've got to listen to four hours of audio from the day and then find these little nuggets to put into the three minute video. Cause that's more valuable. It's like, that's a belief statement. It's not true. It's 767 fact versus fiction, right? What is, what is a fact versus what is fiction? It is your belief that, it's more valuable if you spend all this extra time and do this thing. I had couples that said, we don't want the extra sound in. Yes, it took less time. Yes, it took less effort to make a video that just had music to clips. But my couples, the people I attracted, the people I worked with, the people I loved working with, the people who loved working with me, they didn't say, oh, I know that takes you far less time than making that other type of video. So can you charge less? It didn't happen. Yes, for any of those who need lots of preparation, lots of organization, spreadsheets and documents and sticky notes all over so that you can do what I'm doing right now and make your audiobook or write your book or make your video or make your TikTok or do whatever it is that you want to do. Sure, there may be some jealousy because I don't need in your eyes to spend another 40 hours so that I could do what I'm doing right now. But my friend, I have spent far more than 40 hours preparing to record what I'm recording right now. And I think that's the thing that even in saying that, it's just a perspective shift because it's very easy to look on the surface and look like, yeah, if you were going to do this and you then did it and it took the three hours to, to do it, but you're like, I spent 40 hours to prepare to do it in a literal sense. 
it looks like in a literal sense that you would have spent more time than I did. And you may be like, man, he's lazy. He's this. He's just, he's trying to get it out easy. It's like, no, I made the most money, had the most fun, was the most fulfilled, made the people the happiest. It was a win, 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 win. When I did it my way, which was a simpler way for me. But let me ask you a question. Maybe I can help you one day beyond you hearing this. Depends on, <laughs> depends on a number of variables. Because I always find that these kind of things, I can do what I do, people will be helped. But I still love being able to talk to people. Should be still going on. You can go to mindtuneuptimelive.com. Things either free or, or paid. I don't know at the point in time you hear this, but go there. Right now, I do calls every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Whether it's free, if it's not, it's likely cheap still. That's going to be the most affordable way to get some interaction with me. But come and interact. But here's the thing. Like I said, get you unstuck, get you clear. When I hear you, I can help you. The question is, if you are a person who did not know that there's a thing called a chainsaw that exists, and the only thing you had was a butter knife, but you knew you had to cut down a tree. You've been cutting on this tree for months. You haven't made a lot of progress. Somebody moseys along and sees you on your knees cutting this tree. And they go, uh, do you know there's a, there's a chainsaw available? And you go, chainsaw? What's a chainsaw? Well, hold on. I'll be right back. And they come and they're, <laughs> 60 seconds, trees cut down and your jaws just dropped. Your world has changed. And in the moment, you're shocked. And then maybe a little bit afterwards, you're so frustrated because like, where was this chainsaw for the last three months? Right? A lot of times we don't know what we don't know, which is why I do love coaching and mentorship and, and courses and programs and these things that do exist because they can, there has been people that potentially have gone before you who can, can shortcut things that you don't, there's plenty you're going to go through. There's plenty of things that'll be difficult, but there are things you just don't have to. It's just unnecessary. I mean, learn and gain wisdom from what things you've had to do. But some of you are stuck right now. You still don't know what the heck that there's a chainsaw available and you're still using a butter knife. And then there's some people like, roar, I'm using butter knife because I'm, I'm manly. You know what I mean? It's like they want to use a butter knife. They want to make life hard. You know, I feel, I think, I think of this guy like David Goggins that exists. You know, it's like, bleed, you know, bleed your eyes out, sleep when you're dead, blisters everywhere, like tough man. You know, it's like, that's fine. I mean, you know, I'm not that guy, you know, and I, I don't typically attract very many people like him sometimes, but not typically, you know, and, and, you know, so depending on what you're doing, uh, depends on whether or not it makes sense to continue to use a butter knife or to go ahead and just use the freaking chainsaw. And I've been a person in life where the things that I don't want to last longer, I don't want to take longer. Like I'm looking for the chainsaw. Now, doing this the way I'm doing it is not that I'm avoiding, which is what some people could say. I'm avoiding putting in the work. And I say, that's fine. You can think whatever you want to think. Those are, again, your thoughts about yourself and what you think about yourself if you operated the way I'm operating. But I'd rather get my things into the world than continuing to not do them at all. Because I'm alive right now. I hope you feel that. I hope you hear that. I hope you're experiencing that.
This is my chainsaw. Funny thing is, doing all that other stuff would be me with a butter knife. But if you're the opposite of me, this would be your butter knife. And your chainsaw would be the preparation that looks completely different than my preparation. And neither preparation is better or worse or right or wrong. And when you understand that, you're unleashed. You're unlocked. You're tuned in, tapped in, turned on. That's a story you can ask me about. Anyways, um, but that's the thing, right? That's what we've got to understand. So just taking the recording of this, if you were to record an audiobook, if you were to write a book and not like, I don't plan on, there's no writing from this. There's not, I don't plan on doing anything else with this. Audio author, Michael Gavin, here you go. Two thumbs up, right? But for you, if it's like, maybe you don't even want an audio book, you just want your physical book. And if I was the physical person doing what I'm doing now, then maybe I just sit in front of the computer and all I go into a, you know, into a, into a shed, into the woods, into wherever. And I just start typing and I type for four hours straight. And then I'm like, boom, it's done. Right. Maybe I get an editor. Maybe I don't. We'll see. Right. But that still doesn't make both those scenarios right or wrong. I'm saying that if you decide that you just want to write, and again, your preparation is sticky notes all over and you spend three months and you're researching things and you're, you're connecting the research and getting case studies and all these things and having probably what Susan Cain did to record quiet. Right? Gosh, God love you. I have zero against her or anyone else or any other way or method of people operating, right? It's not that extroverts are worse than they should be shut up or introverts are less than because of extroverts. These are all opinions and projections. I had a guy, we'll curse one more time here for y'all. Guy used to run around with at these events. He invited me to come to a um, to a weekend retreat in Colorado. And he stopped me outside once and he said, you need to keep your fucking mouth shut. Speak less, listen more. Now you can imagine the work that I'm doing. If you've ever worked with me, I do talk a lot. I dominate the conversation. But I can hear you for five or 10 minutes and I will transform your life from those five or 10 minutes that I hear you because I hear and listen like nobody else that you've met. And the things that I will say will just come out of me and they will hit you right where they need to hit you, right in the heart. And they'll get through to you and you'll feel seen and understood like you've never felt seen and understood before. But I was still, I think this was true. 2018, maybe 2019, might have been 2017. I'm not 100% sure actually of that particular thing, but I'll never forget it. But I know that I still wasn't super confident again about myself and how I operate, how I coach and how I help. And I always did question, am I talking too much? Should I listen more? And that affected me. And I was always like, when I be with people for two hours and somebody's like, I don't ever talk to people on the phone, but when I talk to you, it's like two hours and time flies by. And I'm like, well, but am I, am I annoying you? Am I bothering you? Is it too much? Like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know what happens with you. It's so different. So I kept getting affirmation again and again and again and again. And then, which is where this is uh, tying in to a person that I worked with named Steve Hardison. 
There's a book called The Ultimate Coach. People got it, a.k.a. The Book of Being. Interesting thing is, up until last would have been November of 2021, this book did not exist. The man who did not write the book, but the book is about, Steve Hardison, uh, there was a guy, Alan Thompson, who spent, um, from the first time he met him, which I asked the same question the first time I met Steve, um, about a book. And he's like, my book is my life. The people are the chapters. And he had this whole thing. And I'm never going to write a book. I have no desire to write a book. I have no desire to have a biography. Alan D. Thompson stuck with him for 2000, I think, 13 till 2017, 18. And then something came through him. He sent it to him. Steve had a different opinion. But then Steve still, he was involved, but Steve did not write the book. Steve kept continuing to live his life. His wife ended up spending a near, I guess, a year and a half actually writing and editing the book and really putting together what initially was done by Alan Thompson. Now, I found Mr. Steve Hardison in 2012. And in 2012, I, I'm going to pull this up here real quick for y'all. In 2012, I hit his website simply because I saw one of my people I worked with. This guy left a comment. He said he paid his coach $150,000. I'm like, I got to know who that guy is because there are people out there right now that are constantly making you feel not enough, that you don't have a best-selling book, you don't have a book in general, that you don't have a huge social media following, you don't have the right colors, you don't have the right branding, you don't have the right logo, you don't have the right influence, you don't have the right authority. You haven't been featured in the media. You don't have a course, a program, a formula, a framework, a step-by-step. You don't have this method of how you help people. Whatever you do, whether you're a freaking videographer, you're an artist, you're a photographer, you're a designer, it doesn't really matter. People will tell you you need all these things. People will make you you feel inadequate. People will make you feel like you're not enough. So I saw his website and I left the site as fast as I entered. Because there wasn't anything there but the $150,000 plus coaching. He didn't have books, courses, programs, vlogs, blogs, podcasts. He didn't have an audio book. He didn't have nothing but some testimonials. And here's my rates. And you have to fly to Mesa, Arizona. I I don't do phone coaching. I don't do Zoom coaching. I don't do Voxer coaching. I don't do any other kind of coaching. I only coach in person, face to face, in my home office, call it the shed. That's it. And it's $150,000 for a year for a session a week for two hours. Adios, amigo. 2019, he comes back into my world and I read the homepage of the site. Most coaches have a script or a program. These coaches buff, tweak, and improve your life or your business a little. I change lives. I have no set curriculum because you are my material. My program is in your speaking. You speak. I listen. We dance, your life ignites. It touched my soul. I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. I am him. Like, that's how I help people. There's nothing wrong with courses and programs and step-by-steps and formulas and frameworks, but likely if you've been through many of that, you've watched hundreds of hours of YouTube video, thousands of podcasts, you've got certifications and degrees out the wazoo, and you've taken $5,000 programs, et cetera, et cetera. A person like me, a person like him is likely to change your life faster at this stage of your life where you're at 
than continuing to consume more group things, figure it out on your own, et cetera, et cetera. Because if this doesn't give you the full catalyst, then it's just like everything else. Now, I don't think these things are not worth anything, but I still love the interaction with people. This can get you really far. And I'm not holding anything back. And for some of you, it'll take you all the way. And for those of you who need more, you need more. This is not a huge sales pitch for, for my coaching. This is, I'm giving you everything I've got inside my heart, inside my soul, inside my head. At this moment of this recording, which we'll be wrapping up here soon, by the way. I'm giving you it all. There ain't no, I got 80,000 more steps. Let me give you those. And that's in a $14,000 million thing where we're going through it for eight weeks as a group of people. None of that. I'm done with that stuff. I don't learn well through those things by and large. I've tried years after years of doing those things. I don't like promoting those things, doing those things. I really enjoy doing this from time to time. And then I have some group calls and things I put out there. But by and large, my time is spent in a group situation. Yes. One-on-one with people. Tuning up the hearts and minds one at a time. So I don't know that I'm going to go into the entire story. Um, right now in this. Um, but I did reach out. Yeah, let's do some of it. I did reach out to Steve Hardison at the end of 2019. And I said, I'd love to do a be with session. At the time, they were $5,000. And some people go, well, you know, every, a lot of people I talked to, what the hell is this guy doing five, for 5,000 bucks? Like, what's he going to say? Right, this whole this, what's he's going to say? I don't know. But all I know from all these things I've read, all these things I've looked up that I can find out about this guy, like there's not a lot. There's like one two-hour video online. There are some more now, by the way. But there was this one video, T-B-O-L-I-T-N-F-L. And, you know, there wasn't a lot, but I'm like, I got to experience for myself. Like, I feel like this guy's doing what I'm doing, but there's something going on. And I'm looking for the same thing. What's he saying? What's he doing? What's the, what's the da, 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 all the things that we're trained to think that people have or need or you need. And so I said, how do I get on your wait list? I want to do this in the next 12 to 18 months. Lo and behold, I actually met him in the next 18 days, January 18th. It was a Friday at 4 PM. I sent a message on a Wednesday. My buddy's wife had a heart attack um, and she was, he wasn't going to be able to go on the shoot. And I said, I got you. I can be there late Thursday. Um, and the shoot was Friday through Sunday at the time when I was still doing some video. And at 1030 at night, when I got off the call, I had an inspired thought that led to an inspired action. And I immediately acted on it. And I messaged Steve Hardison at 1030 at night. And I said, well, as the stars have aligned, the universe will have it. I'll be in, I'll be in Phoenix from Thursday through uh, Sunday. Is there any way I could come meet you and give you a hug and a high five for five minutes? And I did say, I'll come to your house because I read things about the thing at the house. And within 10 minutes, he responded and he said, meet me on my front porch at 4 p.m. Let me know if you can. Let me know if you're going to, you know, affirm this. And I'm like, well, better believe it. I don't care what the hell's going on. I'm doing that. And I got 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes in a lot of ways absolutely transformed my life. And then of May 18th, 2021, almost 18 months later, not quite, a couple more months, on a Tuesday at 2 p.m., I did my Be With session with Steve Hardison. And tying into the story prior when I was told to keep my effing mouth shut. We sat in his living room. I talked for about 10 or 15 minutes. He asked me some questions. We walked around his house. 
talked a little bit as we were walking around, walking back to his back office, went in his back office, about, you know, at this point in time is maybe 20, 30 minutes in sessions, two hours in total. I'm with him probably two and a half hours. I spoke for maybe 15 to 30 minutes. Now, remember, he was telling me to keep my mouth shut in a coaching sense, meaning when I'm coaching somebody, stop talking so much. Yet here's a guy I just paid $5,000 for and people fly. Now, whatever you want to pass your judgments on me or anyone else who does this, or you think it's asinine still, or maybe eventually you'll want to do it yourself, or you read the book, or you'll join their Facebook group. Their Facebook group's great. I think there's a lot of phenomenal people in there. And I think lives are being changed for sure. Um, but the reality is he's got roughly eight to nine months out of the year, two sessions a day, five days a week, 10 and two, two hours. The people are paying now $10,000 for those two hours. And what's interesting is that in the situation, he was me, I am him. If I was doing or he was doing what that guy said, then Steve Hardison should not have talked for two hours. I should have been talking the majority of the time. And a lot of people who've worked with him said, I don't even know what he said to me, but I know how it made me feel, which then I know how it made me be, which I know how it made me do, made me do things differently. And that's what I had for years. People telling me, I don't know what it was. Your energy is infectious. There's just something about it. Whether it's they heard something and it did change their life. Whether they were with me and it did change their life. But the only way I know that I'll change my life from a business standpoint and the shifts I have had allowed me to go, just to add this in, talk about the backpack of the past, all these different, different things. We've talked about a lot of different things here. Is that I used to spend an exorbitant amount of time speaking about what I did not want. I didn't want to do video anymore. I didn't want to travel anymore. I didn't want to be in debt anymore. Would you have it that 2016, I had more travel, more debt, and more video jobs than I had had what felt like in my whole life? Wasn't it until 2018 a lady said at an event, you're doing it. You just get it. I'm thinking, oh God, here we go. But I'm open. By 2018, I am open book. Give it to me. I feel insane. I feel crazy. I don't know what to do. She says, law of attraction. She introduces me to Abraham Hicks. Um, within months, I get to you know uh, go to an Abraham Hicks workshop. My wife and I go to another one. We meet her. Um, but a thing she talks a lot about, something that I, I adopted and various people say, but don't focus on what you don't want, focus on what you do want. That can be as simple as this scenario. Stop saying, I don't want to do video. I don't want to travel and I don't have debt to, I want to stay home. I want to coach. I want to be abundant. Just make sure you add the money part. Because <laughs> I got very abundant emotionally, but I wasn't yet abundant financially. So I ended up staying home. I've only been on a plane at this point in time, you know, basically I think three trips. It's been like four to six flights. I think that's it. Um, two of them were to Arizona actually and one to Nashville. I think that was it. So yeah, it was, I think it was three trips or so six flights um, in two years, two years. And 
so I don't travel anymore and it's not because of COVID. I have friends who are still in video. They still travel plenty right now. And by and large, the entire last couple of years, you could still ultimately travel. So that wasn't the issue. That wasn't the reason that was like coincided that, oh, that's why you didn't travel. Um, I emotionally got super abundant. I do still have some debt at the moment of recording this full transparency. I love to be honest. The debt hasn't grown substantially. It's gone down substantially. I am substantially better with money than I was for the prior 12 years. Um, And I do no longer do video. And I am making my living doing this. And when I was 33, some of the dots started to connect that when you focus on what you want, you create a gap between where you are and where it is that gives you peace of mind and ease. But there's all these synchronicities. There's all these little things that tell you you're on the right path. That right path was that I said when I was 30 and I had $3,000 in the bank and $150,000 in debt and I was on the verge of going bankrupt and I chose not to. That when I'm 40, I'm going to have a million dollars in the bank. I won't owe anybody any money and I'll be completely debt free. And when I was 33 years old, we got our house. We were making $1,500 a month payments prior to getting our house. Our rent, our, our mortgage was going to be 800 and something dollars a month. I said, well, what happens if we keep paying $1,500 a month? She does some calculations and then looks at me and says, but it'd be about seven years and you'd have your house paid off. That'd be incredible. And I go, oh my gosh, are you freaking kidding me? I look at my wife, I'm like, oh, seven years, really? I was 33. You do the math. You put me at 40. Is it possible? Could I have been debt-free and all these wonderful things within months? Absolutely. But you got to get your brain to believe something. And a lot of times what happens is our expectations are so skewed that we create so much frustration and and scarcity that our brain doesn't even think it's possible. You've got to get your brain to believe it's possible. So for me, I knew what I did in a decade. I knew how much money I made. I knew it was very, 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 very possible for me to make different decisions, save way more money and be a lot better with my money and likely at least make the same amount of money as I did in the prior decade without half the knowledge that are connections or relationships or talent or skills that I add in the next 10 years. So as my man Robbins would say, We overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in a decade. And so the truth of the matter is, is I knew that that was very realistic for me and it took the pressure off. I'm constantly doing everything I can to take the pressure off. What can you do to take the pressure off? What signs and signals is this my 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 woman, <laughs> not in that sense, but uh, Susie Batiz would say, you know, the inspired breadcrumbs. If you haven't heard of Susie, and we may be wrapping this up with her story um, because it's an incredible one and it ties in magically to this entire recording here right now. She chased money, her 20s and her 30s. Time she was 38, she was divorced twice, twice and bankrupt twice. She gave up on being an entrepreneur. She said, I'm done. 
This isn't for me. It ain't working. And she did whatever she had to do with her husband and whatnot or ex or whatever the situation was to get by and keep surviving and pay her bills and do her thing. And then she was going on a personal development journey and doing different things, learning about herself, much like I did in my story and my journey. And she finally said that she just accepted, I'm good. I'm good right now. I'm good. Without millions of dollars, without tons of money in the bank, without a big business, without tons of quote unquote success, like I'm good. I'm really, really good. And her brother-in-law was at a party with her and she said, do you think we could trap poop odor in a toilet? And she had goosebumps. She had what she calls an alive idea. Now I got a book I'm looking at over here called The Woo of Poo. Because if you don't know who Susie Batiste is, Susie Batiste is the owner of Poopery, that spray that you spray in your toilet when you take a big dump so it doesn't stink. But see, when she had that alive idea, when she had the, the, the chills, the goosebumps, the chill bumps, she didn't immediately go, okay, now what do I got to do? I got to hire all these people, find all these people, train all these people, fire all these people, do this, do that. Oh my God, it sounds so overwhelming. Where do I go? How do I scale? What do a course do I buy? What books? What programs? Where do I find this service? How do I get in those? Oh, forget that. That sounds horrible. She just followed the inspired breadcrumbs. She followed her curiosity. And she loved essential oils. So she started experimenting with the essential oils. The experimentation, the experimentation led to her asking people when they came over, are they going number one or number two? Or they thought she was crazy and she'd spray the toilet before she went. And finally, nine months in, somebody said, can we buy this from you? And supposedly, I think it was, I think it was her third husband then said and looked at her and said, we're going to be millionaires. Now, prior to that, it was just whatever, just experimenting, playing. And I think the last time I had checked, 14 years in, she had a $90 million plus company. And the woo of poo is because she built her business this time around, following her gut, her heart, her intuition, the woo-woo, right? the spiritual, the goosebumps, the unrealistic, the impractical. What most people would tell you is the wrong way to do something. But she did it her way. Sarah Blakely, Spanx, did it her way. I was going to cry here with this. Look at it. I'm looking at this right now. The record, it's signed 823. Ben Rector and the Joy of Music. When I went to see him, there was a joy in him because you could tell he was overwhelmed. And there's songs on his album Daughter, Cliches, Joy, Heroes, Steady Love, Living My Best Life. Supernatural, the one I started this entire thing with, Dream On. 
and you could feel the joy in his music and you could tell that he he had lost that because he 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 got popular he wasn't popular for a long time but he kept creating he kept playing the music he kept writing the songs he kept singing the songs then he let the world he let society from what i could tell suck the joy out of it suck the fun out of it suck the life out of it in between the pandemic and everything that's happened he got to spend more time with his wife and his daughters and his kids and he got the joy back and that's what I hope in you listening to this as we're going to wrap this up, that you get back, that you get the joy back. You get the fire back in your soul. That you know you can create your life your way. And then no matter who you are or how you're wired, that you can be loud or you can be quiet and you can make a difference in this world whether it's being a stay-at-home mom, whether it's taking care of your puppies, whether it's writing a book, whether it's singing a song, whether it's creating comedy, art, crafts. You can do you. You can do it your way. I hope you'll stick around. I hope you'll reach out. And I'm going to read you one final thing. That is the place I'm coming from now. Make sure you hit me up somewhere on social. Make sure you tag me. Make sure you snippet these these sound bites. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to hear your story. And I hope that one day that we meet up at a mind tuna meetup. I hope that we get to connect. I hope that we get to uh, you know, share in the joy that this has brought to your life and your family and your loved ones. Because I believe in you. And I'm going to read you something that I wrote on my plane ride back from doing my $5,000 session with Steve Artisan. He calls this the document. He has something like this, not the same one. This is mine. It flowed out of me on the plane ride back on May 18th. I haven't tweaked it since. And the first time I met him, he said this, his to me verbatim with so much conviction and certainty. And before me was a man who was enough without anything, without books and bestsellers, without courses and programs, without step-by-steps, without branding and logos and all these other things that people make you feel that you need, make you feel not enough, make you feel the lack, the lack and scarcity selling. You are enough. This is what came out of me. This is where I come from. This is where this was recorded from. This is where I live my life from. I am powerful catalytic energy, intuitive, loving, inspiring, and connected to infinite intelligence. I am the only one responsible for my life, and I always take responsibility for my life. I am the answer, and the answer is always within. I lead by example, and my example leads. I know that what I say is what needs to be said in any moment because spirit speaks through me. I flow through life and life flows through me. I experience daily a life of peace, ease, joy, and abundance. 
I create my life and my life creates me. I do not judge and I do not complain. There is nothing I cannot do if I put my mind to it and take MIA. I create clarity through action. And when in doubt, I take an action. There is no right and there is no wrong. There is only is what is. The answer is only no unless you ask and I always ask. I have no doubts. I have faith and trust that everything is always working out. I accept that whatever happens in my life, there is a lesson to be learned and I will handle whatever happens with grace. I share what I learned so that others can learn and grow. I tune up hearts and minds one at a time so that ideas don't die in hearts, heads, and hard drives. I unconditionally love my beautiful, intelligent, and honey, if you can hear me, I'm almost done. <laughs> Inspiring wife, Jessica. Jessica. She is the most special person in my life, and I treat her as such. I am a miracle. Life is a miracle. And every day, I create miracles. I am Michael Gebbin, and I love you. Michael Gebbin, the mind mechanic, tuning up hearts and minds one at a time so your dreams don't die in your heart, your head, or your hard drive. Dream on. Dream on. Dream on. Even when you're afraid, all your dreams may be gone. Just dream on. Dream on. When the world says you're crazy, just tell them they're wrong. When the world says